Hello and welcome to You Listed! Woo! Twenty twenty one edition! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know what I'm supposed to introduce because I don't know the list of movies. <laughs> but I know Viff and Alex, or Viff and Alex, Zach and Alex saw all of the flicks, so one of you is going to be talking first. That's for damn sure. So, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's pull, uh, I should have pulled up this list before. <laughs> oh, yeah, social medias. We're on the social medias. Welcome to You Miss, this is classic, so, you know. Uh, we're on the SoundClouds, the Facebooks. Facebook's uh, You Missed It. And uh, You Missed a Podcast on the SoundClouds. We're still on iTunes, if that exists. Or whatever the hell that is now. So You Missed It. Twitter's we YMI underscore podcast. You Missed a Podcast on the tubes. And on the grams, we're at YMI underscore podcast. And uh, Jack's Mailbox, always uh, available. Except for yummy... Uh, Japanese snacks. If anybody wants to send those, they can send them to my mailbox. But, however, let me uh, pull it up. Do you have the the, the yeah, list, list already? Yeah, I'm I'm starting off. Uh, yeah. I, saw was... hmm? I saw a film. I saw a film, y'all. Did you? That's shocking. Now the question is, am I going to pronounce it right? It's uh, it's called Sod. I'm going to say uh, S-O-U-A-D. It's a it's an Egyptian film. Um, yes. That's basically it's a coming of age film um, by director Aiten Amin. Um, it basically follows this uh, this 19 year old girl who's kind of leading this double life. She kind of has one foot, you know, in this like very conservative kind of family um, you know, life. And then she kind of has this hidden life on social media where she's. Um, kind of pretending that she's with this guy, um, Ahmed, who's, you know, in a faraway place, but she's kind of telling everybody that, like, you know, he's like her fiance or boyfriend or whatever. And, you know, they're together and she's kind of constantly changing her story, but she's kind of living this big social media life, essentially, um, that kind of is clashing with her, uh, you know, obviously a very conservative life on the other end. And, Basically, things kind of come to a big crashing point where something awful happens and um, her sister basically kind of starts to put these pieces together um, and starts to kind of look for answers as to what happened and all of that. And it's it's pretty interesting. The first half is really good. It's, uh, you know, just kind of following all those main points I kind of talked about. Um, I do think the second half, it kind of loses some steam, like when the, you know, she starts kind of looking for answers into the tragedy that happened and everything. And um, overall, the most interesting fact is just the clashing of those two worlds and how, like, somebody could kind of reach out to, like, social media to kind of, like, have that outing, if you will, from, like, their their real life. And the consequences of that um, is is pretty interesting. Um, oh, overall, I, I thought it was it was a solid movie. Like I would say, this was like a seven out of ten. Um, but uh, pretty solid work, like a neat kind of coming of age tragedy drama um, is kind of what this was. But yeah, that's uh, that's sewed in a in a nutshell. I'd say. Sir, how do you, sir? How did you say that again? I said it was sewed, but I probably am way fucking off. S O U A, like system of a down. Like sure, we'll go with that. 
I'm I'm yeah, the the U I'm not willing to pronounce. The, so, the U? Just so yeah. just so, sewed, man. It's sewed. Yeah, her name's Euphobic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Against those U's, man. Worst vowel. <laughs> the worst. He's yeah. Yeah, the worst one. So, anyways, yeah. So that was the film. Um, and then we've got Spaghetti Code Love, which was another film I saw on my own at home. These are these are both at home. Um, so Spaghetti Code Love was directed by Takashi Mariyama, who I was actually really excited to see this because he directed a, I would say like a classic modern music video called Labyrinth. Uh, by uh, Mondo Grosso's The Artist. And it kind of, that music video kind of stars Hakuri Mitsushima, who is famous for being in one of my favorite films, uh, Love Exposure by Sion Sono. And uh, yeah, it's like a classic music video. It has like really great, like kind of camera movements all in one take kind of thing. It's, you should definitely see it if you haven't already. Um, but he was kind of making his uh, feature film debut. So he's kind of doing the music video to feature film thing. And, you know, and that's a hit or miss thing, because like if you look at the great directors of the past, you could be, you know, a David Fincher or you could be a Michael Bay. Right. <laughs> so so there's there's kind of two ways that, you know, you can kind of come out of that, really, from what I've seen. And so I was I was kind of curious to see, you know, what this was all about and basically this film it follows 13 uh, desperate young people connected by chance or circumstance as they intersect and ponder their place in the world and deal with the pressures and heartaches of modern life in japan's busy capital and yeah i thought i thought this film overall uh, it wasn't as good as i was expecting unfortunately it was uh i think the problem right there it says 13 you know the first word it's too many damn characters uh, for this runtime. It's like an hour and a half long. There's 13 characters and half the stories you didn't need in there because they don't really amount to anything because there's just not enough runtime to cover uh, any of their stories where they have any sort of major impact. While uh, some of the stories did have that impact, um, you know, other ones just kind of felt like an afterthought or just like kind of a, a tie in. Um, and you kind of didn't really attach to the characters that much. Um, some things you obviously can identify if you just happen to have been in some of those situations. Um, and there's like there's one situation with like a photographer and like a model uh, that was really good um, and stuff like that. Uh, but a lot of the stories, yeah, didn't need to be here. So it's a real mixed bag, essentially. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. And that's kind of what you're left with. And some of them have these little intertwining things. And it's it's kind of basically like like that movie him that we saw, Alex. It's kind of like that. But if you had 13 stories and <laughs> and and your and your message wasn't as adult, it's a lot more like adolescent, if you know what I mean. It's like, oh, man, things are hard. You know, that kind of mentality. It's a very young kind of mindset. Um, this film in general, I thought. And and so are, that's the other thing, too. Uh, so are the characters, like all the characters, like they don't really go all spans of life. It's very much a youngins like all all these youngins have hard times, you know, from from being in high school up to like 20s kind of thing. That's kind of the age range of these 13 characters. Um, so it's also very kind of narrow minded in terms of its like topic. I think it would have been interesting to maybe go into like 
older people and their kind of struggles and like maybe kids and again him did that better because it had that wide range of age too right to like kind of all connect with one message um whereas this it doesn't do that and ultimately i just i just thought it was a real mixed bag at the end of the day and uh yeah i mean it looked good i expected the cinematography to be good based off of that music video but um overall in terms of like a narrative and things like that it, it was okay i i i'd probably give it like a five and a half or six something like that um but yeah so, it, was, it was all right so i guess it was uh kind of messy like spaghetti like spaghetti indeed mm-hmm. but it ain't get no love yeah how do you like that <laughs> no that's not my cup of spaghetti yeah indeed indeed yeah so i saw a film that i wasn't too hot on either unfortunately oh sorry to spoil it so soon but this one is called saint anne and it's written edited and directed by rain vermette it's all shot in manitoba the synopsis reads well that's your first problem but all <laughs> <laughs> oh, right there yeah bad and viewership from manitoba drops to zero <laughs> thanks andrew that's okay is zero like yeah like sorry average temperature <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> according to the internet movie database the synopsis reads a woman moves back to her rural hometown in manitoba where her brother modeste has been raising the woman's daughter with his wife. Now, if if you went into this movie not knowing anything about the film, including the synopsis, you're lost. You're you're out in the woods of Manitoba, and you have no idea what's going on. Uh, this film, I think it's shot in a 4-3 aspect ratio, which was an interesting choice. And also, I think it was shot in 16 millimeter, which was another interesting choice. Love that. I thought... This is going to be a great horror film, but nope, nope. It's a mishmash of anecdotes and strange visuals. Zach, did you ever see a movie from 2011 called The Oregonian? Uh, I know of it, but I have not. No, I, I am aware of it, though. Okay, so this is kind of like The Oregonian with the the color schemes and the way it was edited. Okay. Um, it's like the Canadian version. It should have been called right. the Manitoban or something. <laughs> the Manitobian. <laughs> I was attracted to it initially because of the the different kind of a story that it told. It's not the straightforward linear style, but I was also lost as to what was going on. Like the the film takes its time in terms of shots. It'll hold on a shot for a good 15, 20, 30 seconds. And I can hear Jack yelling cut already. Because <laughs> 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 it was in my head, too. I was like, okay, 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 let's move on. Come on, cut, let's go. And it just held on the shot. Oh, yeah. But it's some of the the old school look of filming at near dusk was really interesting. But that was early on in the film. Uh, the dialogue of the film is mainly in French. That dirty old French from the East, <laughs> which we were talking about in the last episode. That's I'm not, not making again, fun of it. I'm just reminder, saying. that's not French. Oh, here we go. 
Here we go. We're going to start that. I don't know what you're talking about. But that's Ovar. Ovar. <laughs> Bonjour and Ovar. Bon juice. Or as Jack says, Bonjour. No, he don't. <laughs> he said that. You were there. You, you blocked that out, sir. On I, purpose or not on purpose? You must have blocked it out of your memory. Yeah, I don't on, know. Pur- on, pur- on purpose? <laughs> Not on purpose, right? Oh no, on purpose. Jack, Jack, like, get Jack to speak French sometime. <laughs> Speaking of that, we should restart Jack's not ready and show him this film, and then when he inevitably says I don't like it, then we accuse him of being un-Canadian or anti-Canadian. Just a point, Adam. Left. I think on one more side note, I think Andrew and I should come together one day because we're seeing uh, Dune uh, pretty yes. soon, Denise Venu's film, and he also yeah. made a film called Encendie. Fuck you. Back in the day, and this has been an ongoing. Yeah, no, we're not talking Andrew about and I for a while, and I'm thinking we get Jack in, right? So he makes zero. He makes zero arguments as to. And also, doesn't speak French. Number one. And Jack and Jack basically, and basically, Jack has to do the review in French. And he basically has to say the words the way he thinks they sound and and everything. I think it could be a lot of fun. We could do a French review. <laughs> There's like, one more like, thing on Jack's plate. Yeah. Yeah, Ensemble. Great film. It's it's so bad too, because like I, I there's so much evidence as to why that's wrong. Like and why right. the pronunciation right. is that's wrong. Right. But right. It, it's to not. this day, that has not been settled. I've never day. heard it that way. Ever. Like it's must I be, I, I, you know, at worst, like I've heard that it's possible that some people pronounce it that way, but it must be a French Canadian thing. Like That's there's no way say, in France, well, in France, speak, they don't, they don't yeah, do that. Yeah. You speak that posh shit. That's what it is. It's, That's what you learn in schools. Like if you take French immersion, like even though like, you know, a lot of Canadian, like Canadians learn French in other parts of the country, they don't learn like Quebec French. They they get some of it through like well, you know, I mean, the, if you're, the if, media you're and maybe stuff. if you're maybe if you're on the west, the east coast, you definitely learn Quebecois. Like well, yeah, if you not, if you were a French place, but like here, like there, you know, there's no there's no nobody speaks French here unless. It, they learned it just because, right? Like, it's not, there wasn't French settlement here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's my point. So, like, yeah, so you don't get the French-Canadian thing. When you learn, it's textbook French. With textbook French, it's like learning uh, textbook English. It's British English. That, that it's it's France-French, French, right? That, pink, that pinky's up French. Yeah, it's like people from, like, Hong Kong. They learn proper English, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, not, I get it, yeah. not Canadian-American. They learn British English, right? So... Yeah, so it's the same thing. I learned that, and I'm telling you, dude. I don't know. Maybe it's not a big deal, but it just was one of those things. That it's just not a big deal, but me. it is a big deal to us. Like it that's is. the thing I love about it. Ensemble is just like ridiculous because there's so many French words that just like, yeah, I don't know. It's an I. It's not an E. There are words. E N makes that sound. Ah, uh, like encore. <laughs> you know, like things like that. You no, know, ensemble. Yeah, and there's like. <laughs> it, there's so many <laughs> in words in French, and none of them sound that way. Jeez. Oh no, this one does. This is that's the East Coast. Not to mention it's Denise Fanouve too. So there's even an argument there that if it is an East Coast, say he's his from name. East. Like, I can't even pattern like Denis Fanouve. You call him Fanouve. No, Denis Villeneuve. Oh whatever. 
Villeneuve, Villeneuve, sorry, because I think I don't think he has a sorry, I think I over enunciated there. But like, yeah, I think it's uh, Denis Villeneuve. I don't know, I've never heard that. I think that's another one we can argue about. I think that could be fun. We could argue, but listen all the- to him. Sorry, well, he's got the E, so I would pronounce it Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve. But Villeneuve, yeah, that makes more sense. Denis yeah. Villeneuve, like Ville, like the like a place <laughs> yeah Villeneuve, right Villeneuve, Denis yeah. Villeneuve, right or Denis Villeneuve Nueve the new world <laughs> well it's about as right as Ensemble so you know no that's about dead on that's, I, that's on. You know, I think you know what it is like I, I, you could butcher the name and it doesn't even matter but it's the fact that you're trying like you're making it sound like it's proper french you're like oh i'm gonna try it's 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 barcelona it's like it's it's as annoying as somebody saying barcelona except they're wrong if they were wrong (laughs) so add that to it it's as annoying and you're wrong so alex saw a film called uh saint anne and uh whatever i don't even care anymore And to our French Canadian audience, bye. Thanks for stopping in. We really appreciate it. <laughs> You're still. <laughs> yeah, there were way too many lens flares in this film. I thought it was produced by J.J. Abrams. Um, there was one really interesting shot of nuns with face cloths covering their faces with holes cut out. So it's it's kind of like equating the Catholic Church in Canada with the KKK in the United States, which I thought was uh-huh. interesting for this extreme. point in time. And that was probably the best thing about the film. I give this a six out of 10. And that's being very, very, very generous. Mm, okay. Yeah. But Thanks. moving on, Zach and oh, I saw a film. We sure did. Yeah, this was a film. All right. And was this one follows the, the little Weird Al food montage we've been on. Oh, yeah. Spaghetti Code Love. And this one's called Strawberry Mansion. Yeah. It's written and directed by Albert Burney and Kentucker Audley. The synopsis is, in a future where the government records dreams and taxes them, a dream auditor gets caught up in the dreams of an aging eccentric. And... Yeah, the film itself is eccentric, but I think in a positive way. It w- yes. what with the visuals and the storytelling, absolutely. I was enthralled from beginning to end. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, and and I loved uh, speaking of uh, the looks in sixteen millimeter and stuff. This was really cool, and I know it technically was shot digitally and then converted to sixteen millimeter, but it still has that look. You know, which is very cool. It ha- it gets has that retro feel, despite it being, I think, in twenty thirty one or something. It's like ten years in the future. Thirty five. Sorry, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a little slightly in the future, but it has this retro feel at the same time. That and it's like all VHSs he's dealing with. Although I guess that's the old lady, though, more than anything, just with her tax uh, records and dreams and stuff. They're all on VHS. Um, yeah. But yeah, this was kind of a really creative, surreal adventure that I, I also really, really dug. And it was a great one to see in theaters. It was just a great time. It's 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 pretty wild. Um, and then when you kind of see what's kind of happening when that like slight twist comes in or whatever. And, and it's cool that you saw this, Alex, because I thought of you and I was like, oh, I hope you get to see this. And then you kind of snuck out and ended up seeing it anyways. Um 
but it was just a really fascinating premise and like you have these like almost like uh, creatures and monsters and stuff that they kind of bring into this dream world they kind of have a lot of fun with it and um you know there's that like that pink room that he's always in um like the main character and stuff like that and that whole thing i thought the intro was hilarious that whole thing where he's in the pink room and the the dude walks in with the bucket of chicken yeah, it reminded me of Noah Emmerich's character from the Truman Show, where he just shows up with a six pack and he's like, "Hey, buddy!" How very you much, very yeah. much like that. But they really <laughs> highlight it and shit. I was, I was laughing pretty good. Um, but yeah, this was this was really good though. Like, I actually had a blast, and this was like another theater movie that I just thought was really awesome and had a great look to it. Had a very unique vision. Um, you know, and, and in the dream world and stuff, you can just have fun with that. Right. And um, yeah, overall, I, I thought it was just a, a solid ride um, throughout. I mean, obviously, you don't want to give too much away and like read Bernie. I thought was very good just as a noteworthy thing Like he kind of comes in later in the film. I mean, he's been a bunch of different movies in the past, but like um, I thought he was quite good uh, coming in as the son of the mother who he's uh, auditing the dreams for and stuff. Um, I thought it was quite good as well. And just that whole thing. Yeah, I just I just thought overall it was just really good. Like I, I had a great time. Yeah, same here. Um, anyone who likes Terry Gilliam films, watch this. Definitely watch this. It's almost like reverse personification where they're taking people but putting animal heads on them. Yeah. So it's it's I don't know what that was all about, but the the waiter who had the frog head and played the saxophone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> it's like, yeah, give me more of that. I don't care what why. Just give me more. <laughs> yeah, just more of that like creativity and stuff. And then you had like the the person all in like moss and stuff and like grass. Like you had that like that like monster person and like yeah, it was just it was just really cool. And yeah, Terry Gilliam is a good um <clears throat> you know, example of that too, you know, just kind of going out there and having this crazy vision of a world almost being thrown into this whole world, um, you know, that you're not familiar with. And yeah, it, it was, it was, a, it was a really solid time. Like I, I would give this uh, probably an eight, I'd say it was one of the better films I would say of the, of the festival. Yeah. Yeah, definitely creatively. Yeah. I went with a 7.5 myself. Yeah. And and I'll end the review with a line from the film. Like, had we all seen it together, I know you would have cracked up laughing at this. And the line is, death to all bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, oh so I, have so a, good. I have a question. Yeah. This film kind of, the premise kind of reminds me of another film. I think we saw, I think Zach must have seen this. It was very okay. like... Was there a movie where like they, this guy works for like his girlfriend's parent or something, and he like goes into dreams, and I guess they monetize it somehow, or they it's like uh, they review people's uh, dreams looking for specific things, and there's a whole lot of like fucking and things like that because it's like oh. you know people's minds are sick, and then you I, I you know like I don't know at some point in the film he ends up like it was a weird film like I think it was like a. God damn! Like I'm trying to remember because that just uh, like possessor? this just you reminded me. Possessor? Fuck yeah! It was Possessor. Um, yeah, that wasn't Dreams though, was it? I'm certain no. that that was just uh, yeah, that was like webcam well, that was, stuff. 
that was uh, webcam stuff i thought yeah. it was okay maybe i'm misremembering okay yeah 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 he was like kind of they, they were kind of going into like their computers and stuff basically oh that's webcams. why there's a lot of fucking and yeah and exactly stuff. exactly <laughs> right yeah because they're and they're looking for certain things yeah no that's possessor i was gonna say i was like wait are you talking why about would this? you also like i guess if it's a webcam why would you have your like computer pointed at where like well, people don't, all the time. well people don't think and then there's also the people who are also streaming that too right they could be intentionally doing that but sure. also but also yeah people could just be you know not thinking right a lot of people just kind of leave their webcam out and or not covered or whatever right i guess so. it's not dreams but yeah okay yeah but I, I see where you're going but yeah that's it's not dreams uh and then this is like a taxing process so like he puts on this like big helmet and he's like auditing different things in the dream of like where to charge them and stuff and um all that it's it's kind of weird it's a very weird movie but if you like weird um but yet not overly weird where it's like super confusing or anything that's one thing i'll say it's not one of those movies either it's it's very easy to grasp what's going on it's just a very inventive world that's really out there um and we'll kind of stick with you overall and yeah i just i just thought it was really good i i had a great time i love the production of the movie mm -hmm. like of the dream worlds especially and you know, even the little things like the helmet and stuff that like the you know the tax guy wears and stuff and yeah it was it was really good yeah and if you want another concept that was really out there i saw a documentary called taming the garden mm. In a small town on the Georgian coast of the Black Sea, a team of lifelong laborers are assigned to the monumental task of excavating gigantic trees to be shipped to the property of a former prime minister and billionaire for his personal garden. Director Salom Jashi unleashes an astonishing sequence of events with both fantastical visuals and unwavering honesty as we are invited to sit quietly and observe man's attempt to conquer giants. So in a nutshell, rich guy wants to live longer than he, he currently thinks he will. So because he's a billionaire, he has people who excavate huge trees and transport them over long distances to his personal golf course sized backyard. This is this is a, a monumental task. And it the as the synopsis says, they're lifelong laborers because mm. they're doing that and nothing but that. Day after day. And it takes a long time to do this. I mean, the film is a good I think it's an hour and a half, hour 35, hour 40, something like that. But I was mm. enthralled from beginning to end. And there's no narration. It's nice. simply telling the story through watching what these guys do. And if you don't watch the synopsis, if you don't, pardon me, read the synopsis, that's okay. Eventually you'll get it. It'll take a while. And it's it's such an energy-intensive process I mean, the guy's a billionaire. Why would you spend all the time and resources and labor doing that when you have all that money, you could find other ways to try and extend your life? I mean, I think his his belief or understanding of the trees were that they give off um, not a special kind of oxygen, but the oxygen that they give off will somehow help him to live longer, which to me doesn't make any sense on any level whatsoever but hey he's a billionaire so mm. 
what does my peasant mind grasp when it comes to this? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah, didn't you hear the thing about Donald Trump saying that, uh, you know, uh, life is finite, right? So the more movement you do, you start you know, losing uh, uh, years off your life. You know what I mean? Like, that's why he doesn't exercise. Roll on. He, you know, so, uh, you know, well, yeah, again, he's rich. So, you know, you might not be at his level you know you don't have that yeah. understanding so that's yeah, what i'm, I'm saying these guys you're right chess. they're they're onto something so they are yeah maybe yeah <laughs> onto some bullshit yeah that's for sure the tree not only it's it's part of a community so uprooting that tree you're you're taking away people's memories of it although the one good thing about taking the tree from the little community where it was is that the billionaire paid for a road to be created and paved. And this is like a, a more than a double wide road because of the, the width and the height of the tree. The, the planning process was extensive. They had to get two tractor trailers moving side by side because the tree weighs in excess of, I don't know how many tons or pounds, but a whole lot, like a lot. And these were, were low rise um, tractor trailers. And they both had to travel downhill at a rate of, I don't know, five or 10 kilometers an hour. And this is at night. The night shots of the the tree being moved, just beautiful. I'll go into detail more about night shots because the world is beautiful at night. And there's another documentary that I watched that same thing. The world is beautiful at night. It's unbelievable that the whole process from beginning to end, because the tree has to be taken through a another a small town and they have to take down power lines and they have to widen the street, which means some people's uh, properties are being pushed back. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a laugh at the end of the day. It's just so he could have the tree on his property. And again, there's, there's no, narration so there's no uh bias it's just shots of people talking and and doing stuff and moving around of course that sounds boring but believe me when i say it is not so i, I gave this a seven and a half out of ten great story nice yeah i wanted to see it it's just you know seeing 50 films you know films are going to not make your list and yeah. uh yeah and this was this was one of them that i had kind of at the end that i was trying to you know, watch it. I uh, fortunately didn't get into that garden. You know, yep. wasn't able to make it. No, nope. not this time. But well, I do encourage it. you to see it. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, I would definitely like to. But what I did make it to was the boathouse. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we made it to the boathouse. And uh, this was a film. This is a Canadian uh, movie, I believe, as well. Canadian made. Yeah, shot in uh, northern Ontario. Yeah, yeah, and basically uh, this follows an emotionally fragile young woman who takes a job to nanny two troubled children at a remote summer cottage. Um, she falls in love with the father at one point, um, and there's a mystery with their estranged mother who just kind of disappears, but there's some twists with this uh, this young woman who might have some connections with the mother herself and uh, actually does have connections, but connections that you wouldn't expect. Um, and as it progresses, there's a there's a dark history that's, you know, kind of blooms. 
And yeah, this was a, this was a pretty cool thriller overall. This was a, one of the last films I saw at home during the festival, and it was uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, it kind of keeps you going, and you kind of think you you know where it's going, and then like by the ending, especially, you know, it's definitely a place that I didn't expect. You know where it takes you, and um, yeah, it's just a very kind of engrossing mystery. Um, is what's going on and just all the character interactions with the family and you have like the son who like is is a character that you like love to hate like most of the yeah. time oh my god i hated him um the whole time or whatever but then it's like that's what i mean though like i don't want to give away the ending or anything but just with like his character and like the nanny and everything like the way that ends up was so unexpected yet i did like it um surprisingly and yeah, it's just a, a really good thriller. There's not much else I could really say about it, like because I don't want to give really too much away, right? Um, you know, and there's there's a yeah, they, they just do a really good job with it overall. And I I I think I landed on like a seven point five. I thought it was a really solid uh, thriller overall. The lonely setting in the opening shot reminded me of Magic Magic with Michael Sarah. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's got a a bit of a a tone that's somewhat reminiscent of well, with regards to her herself, uh, the machinist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With regards to what happens to the wife, I mean. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar to that. Um, prescription drugs. I mean, <laughs> there's a whole lot that can be said in the movie about prescription drugs. So right. I'll, I'm not going to dive into that, but it, I think that does figure into a quite a large degree. Mm-hmm. So I think it was last year we had, or was it 2019? We had the lighthouse. This year we had the boathouse with 2019. Oh, was, so was lighthouse. Yeah. In a year or so, we're going to have the outhouse written and directed by Zach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get your shit on. Yeah. All going to be in the lighthouse too. It's going to be like buried with Ryan Reynolds, except it's going to be like, you're trapped in the outhouse and it's like, Oh, you got to get out. How are you going to get out? And it's just a one thing. It's like, you know, it's brilliant because like you can shoot it without a lot of budget, right? It's just kind of one outhouse and we have one character and it's their struggle to survive right in the outhouse. But you're, I've seen at least two movies where the character is in an outhouse and the only way to get out is going underneath. So you're not going to go that way, I hope. Well, no. Oh, no. There's there's going to be a sci-fi element to it. I don't want to give anything away. But, you know. Oh, I think that figures into another film that we saw, <laughs> which we'll get to in probably an hour or so. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. um, that Aubrey Plaza film that we saw last year? Oh, yeah, Black Bear. Her at the cabin. Yeah, Black this Bear. was kind of like that. I know I keep referencing other films, but, mean, but just just to give people kinda, an idea. That's a little bit of a stretch, though. I mean, I mean, hey, Black, Bear, Black Bear is like a comedy. <laughs> like, for the most like, part, yeah. For the most part, and, and there's like a little bit of seriousness to it. And it's like kind of like weird and quirky, whereas this movie is like a dead serious thriller um you know slash mystery like i don't don't know about that alex i think i think the cabin is the only thing that kind of ties them and and this cabin is even like on the water like it's even like separated and um all that but uh yeah yeah it's a solid movie so agreed yeah Yeah, i gave it a seven yeah yeah it was 7.5 i had a 
I had a solid time. Better time than I was expecting. I wasn't sure what to make of it, but uh, ended up don't, being fun. Don't relate it to the lighthouse, or Denise won't watch it. So, yeah, geez, missing out. You made her That's watch like that, and she never, she never uh, let me let me let let that one go. So, <laughs> well, it's not like the lighthouse at all. So, I mean, no, I you don't have anybody, nobody screaming, uh, sea shanties and like sea shanties, yeah. <laughs> drinking their faces off and stuff. No, it's not that movie. And it's not it's also not about complete isolation either. You know, people do come and go here and there, right? It's not nearly as isolated or anything like that. It doesn't have any shining vibes either, I wouldn't say. It's it's more of like a murder mystery slash like other things too. Like you don't know if your main character is like coherent or not and you don't know what to trust in that aspect. They kind of play on a bit of that too, but um yeah. Yeah, really good yeah. overall. And then we saw, you know, another movie about uh, some delights. Oh, yeah. Yeah, called The Book of Delights. Sexy movie. Sex. Yeah. You see, Zach, I'm a simple <laughs> man. I see the words erotic, Brazil, and a picture yeah. of a woman who resembles Olivia Munn, and I click. Yeah, it's just that's all you can do. I mean, you know, you just got to do what you do. And yeah, pretty much was the same story for me. You know, <laughs> can't, 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 you know, can't deny it. Um, But yeah, Book of Delights was uh, was an interesting flick. It follows uh, a woman named Lori, who's a lonely, melancholy woman who divides her time and tasks as an elementary school and her romantic relationships, which always are quick and superficial. Um, but then she eat, ends up meeting a man who basically doesn't understand a lot about women, but basically uh, through him can kind of learn to face, uh, you know, her own loneliness and learn about love in a neat way. And I thought this was surprising. I, I actually thought this was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Despite this movie getting like no traction online, it's almost like it doesn't exist. Uh, there's very few things if you look kind of deep into it, but like, it's not really kind of mentioned online anywhere or anything. And it was just one of those films that I was kind of curious about, like same as you where it's just like, okay, I've seen a couple things, you know, that attract me to this movie, you know, maybe you I'll, were just horny bitches. Maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll check this out as book of delights. See if I'm delighted, you know? Yeah. See if um, there's any Brazilian bunda in this book. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, I, I really liked it. I, I liked uh, the whole kind of take on just like this character being really lonely and like all of that. And like, you know, there's even different relatabilities to like her character, which which were kind of interesting that I had. And, you know, yeah, it's it's a very, you know, just kind of interesting movie the way it all kind of pans out. And you have like what her brother and stuff that stops by mm-hmm. um, and stuff at one point. There's like his whole character and. Um, yeah, it was a it was another like really solid movie that had kind of a little bit of surprise along the way. And, and you can't discount credit fucking, too. That's another one that was that was great. The ending, there's there's some fucking in the credits. They roll credits and there's just some fucking going on. And I was like, I respect this. Yeah. I respect this. Of yeah. course, you respect it. Yeah. Unlike Kala Azar, which I saw last year, that Greek film, which was purported to have two really horny people in it. This film blew that one out of the water. 10 minutes in, 
and there are already two sex scenes. Yeah. Uh, in 25 minutes, the first 25 minutes of the film, there are four. And then there's a fifth at an hour 14 and a sixth at an hour 31. Yes, right. I, I counted because I, I, it's he Brazil. I mean, come on. Yeah, but exactly. aside from that, aside from that, I loved the dialogue between yes. the two main characters because it's, it's yeah. not just diving into relationships and learning about them. It's also diving into philosophy, which I really, really liked. Yeah, Exist- no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah existentialist philosophy as well and i thought it was interesting she's reading existentialist philosophy because she's a teacher to her seven year old what grade (laughs) two students and bringing her own (laughs) baggage basically into the classroom and stuff and they're like i love like the other teachers i'm like you shouldn't be doing that like (laughs) it's kind of inappropriate but um but yeah 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 no it was yeah it's the first film, I think, that I I saw a live toucan bird. The first, oh, yeah, yeah, that it was looked, cool too. It looked CGI, but I swear that was a real bird. No, it was real. It's Brazil. Yeah. They, they just they pulled that out of the backyard. That's what I presume. They just grabbed it in the backyard, like, oh, here's one, you know, and away you go. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. Just this movie was was just surprising overall, and yeah, it was provocative. But yeah, there's a lot of like psychology and like you know just kind of her journey overall as a character. Like definitely was obviously the highlight, which it should be. It's the main character, but yeah, um, yeah I would like to see what director uh, Marcella Lordi does in the future because this was uh, this was quite good um, overall. Like uh, yeah, I landed somewhere between a seven and a half and an eight, so I'll do the whole seven point seven five rating i went with a 7.5 and this was based on a book and this was like a uh quote-unquote free adaptation there was lots of liberty taken with how they were adapting this book yeah i i mean absolutely and and i just thought they did a great job again both writer and director marcella lordy and the main uh actor or actress uh simone spilladori i don't know if i'm saying that right probably not um, but yeah, she was really great too as the lead yeah. in the movie and yeah, just a really solid film. Um, overall had a, had a really good time, but, uh, a film I was not as a big of a fan of that. It was not as delightful and did not have as much of a good time in was a, uh, little film called, what is it? The girl and the spider that we've also both saw. Yeah. Um, which yeah. It's related to the, uh, the girl series. No, it's not. <laughs> Definitely, definitely not. not. <laughs> it is absolutely not. Um, yeah, this this was a film. Uh, basically, it's like from what I remember, it's it's a couple people like one of them's moving out into a new place, and it's basically like their family and friends are kind of like helping with the moves and stuff like that. And during that time, there's kind of like different things revealed out of each character and. I per I personally just I didn't really feel that it kind of went anywhere. I was kind of waiting for something more um, in the film. I was waiting for either more spider action or like maybe Spider-Man needed to show up or something or like, uh, you know, they could at least talk about him. I don't know. It could be fun. But yeah, I don't know. This film. Yeah, it just it didn't really go anywhere. It was just kind of for me. It was just kind of people, you know, just walking and talking kind of thing. And I thought it was a neat setting love that, that. It's in the apartment. I do depending on what it is, right? If they're talking about anything interesting, but with this film, um, you know, it's, it's no, uh, 
it's no Migos. It's no walking like a talkit or anything like that. It's not nothing cool like that. It's just a lot of standing around and, you know, blabbing, you know. But like, yeah, I just I felt like it didn't really go anywhere. And like the things that were kind of coming up with the different characters and what had happened and stuff. I just I just didn't really find this one very interesting. Um overall uh, it was a neat setting again having this whole thing take place and a move out was was unique that's about the only thing um and having like the neighbors and things also like interact and it's kind of this building if you will like interacting with each other but yeah i just yeah i wasn't really feeling this one i don't know about you alex but i i wasn't crazy about about this one I thought it was interesting at first, especially the main character. Um, I think Mara was the character's name. She, I thought she was mentally ill or, or on the, the verge of it. Cause she, she, at one point she pours coffee on a dog. Like, come on, man. Oh, why, yeah, why would you waste right. coffee yeah. like that? Yeah. Hot coffee or like cold coffee. I think it was at the very least room temperature. I mean, big difference, you yeah. know? Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like John Wick, right? You know, as soon as you <laughs> what? No, <laughs> hold on. As soon as you, well, as soon well, as you, you do anything dog. bad to an animal, you've lost Wick. the audience. Like the audience is on board with whoever is against whoever, and on board for anything. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to whoever did that to that animal, so if it's hot coffee. <laughs> Yeah, if it's if it's hot, yeah. it's hot cop. John Wick's gonna show up and he's gonna help you move out of life. Hundred percent, exactly. Yeah, double tap to the head. <laughs> you move out of life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah, this was a lot of talking, and I didn't get anything philosophical out of it. Um, very, at least to me, basic relationships that I didn't get. A whole lot of insight from in the dialogue unfortunately I, and that's no slight against the filmmakers i mean they're young but they're smart people i watched the q a afterward and they're they're oh, smart okay. people i so yeah. i i wouldn't denigrate them in the in the, the the least not at all um there were a lot of well blocked and choreographed shots of each actor in a specific place at a specific time in the frame which helped to fill up the frame, but was also great in how they got to each place and saying mm -hmm. lines of dialogue at particular times. I thought that was really cool. That's something mm -hmm. that you have to take time to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to map it out, especially yeah. if you know you're filming in an apartment for most of the movie. You do have to kind of figure out how to go from room to room and how to shoot that in an interesting way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, for me, for me, nothing really grabbed me overall, though. I mean, you even still because I mean, this is the type of film where if you have it, I mean, the dialogue is everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And and for me, the dialogue just wasn't there. It wasn't a film that kept me super engaged or, or anything like that. And, and luckily, it doesn't have a long runtime. It's pretty quick, but it's uh, yeah, it's still just kind of like what's the the main thing here that you're you know, going for and it, yeah, it just, it, it didn't seem very interesting to me overall. I think I landed around like a, like a four on this one. I wasn't hot on it at all. Yeah. I, I was somewhere in the, the five and a half range. Cause looking at the title, the girl and the spider, you would think mm. when that line of dialogue comes up, it's going to reveal pretty much where the film is going to go. Yeah. Or and, when the spider shows up, when the spider or, actually shows up. Yeah. And it didn't, not really. 
If it nope. did, it was very subtle and it it passed me by, unfortunately. Yeah, and I was paying yeah, attention. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's like, I, I was just kind of wondering, because, yeah, you're right. Like the title, it's like, OK, the title's there. But like, you know, yeah, you kind of want to deliver on that when it, you have a cool title like that. And it just doesn't. It's not like the girl, the dragon tattoo, you know, or something like that. Or, you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of cool. But with this, it's yeah, it just doesn't really check any boxes off for me unfortunately but one yeah. film that did that i thought was very good was the in-laws oh Holy yeah Absolutely. this was very 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 good um yeah this was one of the best films i think that i watched at home and basically it's it's a film about a wedding that gets canceled at one minute oh, sorry one minute last yeah one minute no it's it, it gets canceled last minute and basically the in-laws are kind of um, letting the reception still go on because they've already basically paid for it and they're just like, screw it. But at the same time, their hatred for each other is just kind of boiling up over the whole situation and everything. And it's basically, yeah, behind the scenes of this reception where they're just, the in-laws are just kind of at each other's throats, yeah. basically. And it's a lot of fun. It's uh, really great. I thought the, um, yeah, just even the camera movements, if you want to go into technical things and stuff like that, too, like I thought was very good. There's like almost a Goodfellas type of style at some point of the way the camera sways between characters um, at the reception and all of that. But I think I think the heart of it definitely lies with with the dialogue between the in-laws mostly and just all the insanity around them. And it, it reminded me a little bit of the final segment, Wild Tales. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that. Um, really great anthology. I like highly recommend you see it. Um, amazing, amazing movie. But there's the end segment scene where it's in this wedding that just kind of goes to shit. Basically, it's this wedding reception that goes to shit. And yeah, it kind of falls into that territory a little bit, um, but kind of does its own thing. And yeah, I just I just thought it was so funny even where it ends up at the end. Like, again, don't want to give anything away because it's really funny. But just how the whole thing kind of turns around um, <laughs> at the end. And yeah, it, it, I, I thought it was really good overall. I thought all the, the actors were really great and mm-hmm. it just the, the, the different things that kind of blow up um, at different points was a lot of fun. And yeah, I, I had a really good, really good time at this one. Yeah. Agreed right off the bat with the soundtrack, the drums. Yes. And that opening shot, shout out to the steady cam operator. Cause Holy shit. That, that yeah. shot went from 40 second 49 up to second six or pardon me minute and second 1643 yeah. so almost 16 minutes of one continuous shot yeah and good lord i they i watched the q and a and the film was shot in 17 days on a low budget and I'm starting to watch older films now and with yeah, a lot of older same. films from the thirties and forties and fifties and Zach, you and I will get to this eventually. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, a lot of actors back in those days were theater trained actors. So yes. they knew like pages and pages and pages of dialogue. And I think you need theater trained actors for something like this. Yeah. And speaking of theaters, this film is based on a theatrical play. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it, it makes sense that some of the shots are as long as they are. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and it's and dialogue, again, is everything, you know, unlike the last movie, though, it really shines here. And yes. yeah, it's you're right. Like this, the flowing steady cams. I was saying it's that Goodfellas type thing that I remember. I mean, but like even longer 
than that. And yeah, just great steady cam work overall. And the venue, even like the production of the venue and everything that they had was really great. And I think a lot of that budget, you know, would have been saved just having it in one venue. It's a nice venue, but mm-hmm. it's uh, but just have filming something in one venue and not going anywhere not only saves you a lot of budget, but I think it works with the story very well, too. Because, um, you know, this whole thing happened They like at the actual like wedding ceremony, right, mm-hmm. that they're talking about, uh, which caused it to be canceled, essentially. And it's cool that they don't go back to it. I think that would have been a detriment to the film if it if they had gone and done like a flashback or something, for example, and like shown what had happened and all that. Like, I think that would have been dumb. And I just mm-hmm. like how it's all kind of everything's revealed in dialogue um, overall. And there's just kind of different things that get revealed um as you go on to and yeah i just i just thought this was really really great yeah the, yeah this is a polish film this is a really i've seen quite a few really good polish films yeah uh, in the past year or so and this is definitely up there yeah it's kind of got a, a western feel to it you were saying the goodfellas i would go with er okay yeah at, i at get that too the first few seasons of er right um, some of the lines of dialogue, one that really stood out to me, one character says, that whore assaulted me, to which the response is, <laughs> which whore? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, that's the thing. It's not, it's like nonstop, just black comedy fun. And yeah, yeah it's just, it's, oh, this is so much fun. I, I had a great time at this one. Yeah, this would be, for me, this would be like a, like a solid eight, I'd say for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just so much fun, maybe even a little higher like it's it was one of the better films I saw at home. I, I had a great time at this one. Highly recommend everybody see it. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm going to take a break. We're going to bring Andrew in because you and Andrew saw a film. Yeah, we, we did see a film about a king. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. King boy. Yeah. King, the right. king of Sudan. Yes. North Sudan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this film. So, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up watching this because um, you had mentioned it. I did. Uh, yeah. You, uh, I think we were watching Drive My Car after, and you'd said that yeah. you, it was like it was it was pretty good and it was interesting, and and I was like, oh yeah, I'll check it out because it seemed interesting to me too, and it was already on the on the list, so yeah, I checked it out, and uh, yeah, wow, okay, I mean, you know where to begin <laughs> with this one. Well, there's so much that happens, like I mean, and the thing is, is this was like a news story that was like even covered back like a few years ago. I don't ago. remember it at all. Also like Disney bought the rights. Like what? And this yeah, like Disney bought the rights. Like it all happened in the 10 minutes, but basically it's about this dude and like he has this daughter who's like, "Oh, like can I be a princess or whatever?" and then he basically like kind of looks into things and finds out that he can buy this land between what are the two countries again? It's uh Shit. Sudan and um yeah so it's a contested area so it's actually pretty interesting so it is yeah the part that's interesting is that he figured this out and just kind of did it which was cool um because like you know why would you want to do this but you know um yeah pretty neat i gotta look it up i'll I'll just fact check it but uh, was it egypt i can't get my my geography down i should know this too um 
Hold on. I'll, I'll get back to it. You just continue. Okay. But yeah, but basically, yeah. but basically he, he finds a way to like claim this land that like neither country wants. And he basically plants his flag down and he's basically like, okay, I'm the king. And like my daughter's the princess now because of that. And it basically sparks this whole thing where there's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of people who love it. You know, it's, well, it's it starts out as like a feel story. good, like, uh, what do you call it those does. stories? They're like these um, real life princess stories or like, no, 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 no. Like in, in the news where they'll, they'll do these like feel good throwaway pieces that don't really like have any substance. Like they're, they're, you know, they're oh. like throwaway stories. I forgot what they are, but they they call them like. They're like variety style stories, whatever. They, yeah, like they TLC have or something. Like. They're not. They they're of no substance, basically. Yeah, right? like they're TLC. Like, these, like oh, whatever, you know, stories, right? And yeah, like, they, they which frequently run on like you know the CNNs, whatever. It doesn't matter how serious of a news organization you are. They have yeah. stuff like this. So that's yeah. how it starts out, and then you know, and it's so much so that Disney's like, yeah, we'll pay for the rights to, yeah, to make this film. Which I was like, that. man, I would have loved to have seen that. Like, how are you yeah. even gonna? make a movie out of this but <laughs> yeah um you know they do the whole thing and then uh um and then after that it just like we you know they can't he gets canceled let's just be real like yeah <laughs> essentially gets canceled uh before canceled, because a big thing yeah <laughs> yeah because like you know this white dude comes and buys land in the middle east and like wants yes. to like you know yeah it's like colonialism all over again is what they were yeah saying, right? like yeah i think it's uh, well yeah i don't know you can have your opinion on it yeah like at the end of the day the dude bought land nobody wanted and did this like crazy thing yeah. and it's like at the end of the anybody could have done it if you really wanted like didn't matter what ethnicity you, you were i don't really think it was a big deal no uh that he did it because nobody really gave a shit, right? Like it'd be it different. He's not taking it away yeah. from anybody. Clearly, like, nobody gave a crap about this piece no. of land. So, like, whatever, <laughs> let him let him have it. But anyway, like you know, I, either way, you have this like, <sighs> I don't know. I can't. I'm trying to remember exactly how he got so convinced that he could like make something out of this. Like how it became this went from like this silly. Mm-hmm. somehow it ended up going from this like this like silly like or this thing he's doing for his daughter which was like this cool yeah. thing to be like like a like like a this this is the type of a guy who will, yeah this is yeah this is the type of guy who will always have a new business scheme in the works yeah this is that kind of guy well i and think it, a lot of it is him i think a it lot was, of it, it was him. egypt by the way yeah it, yeah so it was egypt that's what i thought so there, there's yeah because then they have these two maps right like okay so i'll do the quickie explanation then essentially how he gets this piece of land is that um there's uh so there's uh two different maps like recognized by i i, I won't do the history justice but essentially there's two historical maps that have varying uh borders drawn out the map borders drawn out for the separation between what is now Sudan and Egypt, right? Um, and if you recognize one, then, you know, then uh, there, there's a bunch of valuable land in that area as well. Uh, if uh, neither country wants to recognize the other, because if they recognize one, they lose that valuable land. And then if they recognize, so if Egypt recognizes one, they lose out on all of that. And yeah. then if, so they're both claiming, sorry, so. Uh, so they're both claiming to they want claim to that valuable land. So each one recognizes a different, like essentially map drawing. But yeah. both of those map drawings overlap yeah. in this small area. 
So neither of them can claim that area because they both need to claim the drawing that the drawn map essentially that claims that more valuable land. So because of it, it becomes yeah. this like no man's land because neither country wants to claim it. Yeah, because they have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then they lose. So then it just leaves it open to like this dude. So <laughs> <laughs> often take it's, it, which is just wild. So, yeah. uh, you know, like it's just like it was a crazy story, man. Like, I, I don't it know about you, nice. but like I was looking at it like he's meeting with like, you know, investors from all over the world. He, at some point, Chinese investors, you know, yep. people are just jerking around. He he's gets like brought anybody, into the anybody that will buy or pay him a lot of money to like kind of get yeah. into this land essentially because he bought it almost as like an Odu's daughter but then his kind of his mindset though is always business 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 and like inventions and patents and stuff like yeah. that just which is you know this guy the, is i think one of the most interesting things that happens in the film is the throwaway text at the end when they explain what happens to him afterwards and i was oh, like oh yeah <laughs> ends okay. up i immediately went online because i was like what <laughs> Yeah, he ends up he ends up being very successful. It sounds like or on the way well, yeah. to success. Like, you're like, there's no way this guy's ever gonna like. Well, yeah, because the way the film goes and stuff, you're like, oh my god, like this turned out to be an awful like. Yeah, he's adventure. like a millionaire. Yeah, now he's, he's like that's how it ended up. He's like he he got he got paid like millions of dollars for like yeah. an idea that like it was wild, man. I don't know. It was it's, wild. It's pretty, so. it's pretty wild. But like, even without that, like just the whole thing of just, you know, this whole North Sudan bit is really just kind of interesting. And like, and everything we had said with all the Disney rights and him buying like the land and his daughter and all of that, like, like that's like all in the t- first 10 minutes or something. Oh, like, yeah. it's like, it's, just first, it's like a setup, yeah. like it's crazy. And then it's like from there. Yeah. You, like you said, he's going around the world and he's just trying to find like a country that will like, go in on it and that's the whole thing and he's kind of just going back and forth between countries and like he, he basically keeps showing up at these places and like a lot of it he's kind of paying out of his own pocket to go at first and you know he's not finding any good deals or anything and then he ends up finding one country that sounds like it's gonna be a lot more promising and they're paying for his flights and stuff like that and then that turns out to go a whole other direction um and stuff like that and it's just yeah it was just a really kind of you know, fascinating adventure of just, yeah, dreaming big and stuff like that. But yeah, just the fact that afterwards he ended up getting some success for a completely, you know, unrelated. Unrelated, yeah. Uh, Pat what? he had. Well, yeah, like major success. But then he yeah. also did, um, like, so yeah, wasn't it that the, he also was successful a bit with the North Sudan thing? Yeah, yeah, there's the asterisks there for sure because of all the shit they yeah. were trying to do, though, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, the like sketchy, really sketchy stuff that kind of. Oh came yeah, he got yeah like, he got reeled into some sketchy ooh, stuff. He was like, he's so yeah. gullible. That's the other thing. He's a little he's pretty gullible, so it just yeah. reminds you of like this guy who's always got a business venture, but he's easily like well, he's because businesses. Well, that's like, the other thing. Like yeah. business men and like just business in general is just full of people taking advantage of being like sleazy and shit so you know if you're like some like happy-go-lucky dude with ideas like you get rolled over like steamrolled all the time whether you think yeah you know even if you think you're playing hardball you think you're so good but like at the end of the day these people are like psychopaths so they're like yeah they can play it straight right these are the people who succeed in business so it's like, you know, they'll scam you no problem. And that's what's happening to this dude. So that's why I was like guaranteed that this guy's just going to get screwed constantly. And yeah, I was shocked. Yeah. But yeah, dude, it was it's a wild ride because you're like, what's going to happen? Like, what's yeah, gonna, honestly, you know, what's it does become, 
it does become that and, it, and it's like yeah it's like you wonder if it's going to be this like rags to riches story that he's kind of wanting and stuff but at the same time yeah just where it goes is really surprising and yeah i, I thought this movie overall it was like a I, I think i landed on like a seven and a half something like that it was compelling kind of throughout um but yeah really solid i thought solid yeah, film. i thought so too yeah I, yeah. yeah, it was like in the eight territory for me. It was, yeah. it was quite good. I was I was drawn in. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, solid film. Definitely, definitely check it out, y'all. Definitely uh, seek it out. And speaking of films that you'll be able to seek out pretty soon because of the power of Netflix. Um, there's a movie uh, that everybody's talking about right now called The Power of the Dog, which is a, a big Oscar contender. It's one of those oh, films yes. that you're going you're gonna to hear and see a lot of, and I'm sure you'll see it, too. Is it um, about Snoop Dogg? It's not. No, not The Power of the Dog. Not him. No, not <laughs> Snoopy. The Dog. The Dog. Taking a little side note here, though, I did have Snoop wine for the first time last uh, weekend. Oh, yeah. How was that? Yeah, it's actually, not bad. Snoop wine. It's called Cali Rose. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah infused yeah, with us. weed a bit. No, we actually infused it with glitter, which was interesting. <laughs> I had a friend who's like, I can put glitter in it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we had Snoop glitter wine. It was fun. <laughs> There's a sentence I never thought I'd hear. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's glitter rose, man. That's what, what he should have called it, man. He should have just made that. Well, Cali rose the is Snoop, pretty Snoop glitter wine. <laughs> Or, or, like or Cal, Cali Rose, Cali Rose is pretty good though. It That's, is. Um, so, anyways, the power of the dog um, is uh, director Jane Campion's big movie. A lot of people are saying it's her best since the piano, which was her last like Palm Door winner and like big awards contender and stuff, right? And this is kind of her big one, you know, since that that everybody's talking about and. Basically, it follows this domineering rancher who responds with mocking cruelty when his brother brings home a new wife and her son until the unexpected comes to pass. And basically, to me, this was a film that everybody's it's kind of like described as like a Western, like everybody's like, oh, it's this Western film. But really, it's disguised as a Western. It's really much more of just a drama set in the West in like Western times. I think it's 1925 in Montana is the exact setting. And it's, it's adapted from a novel um, as well. Um, that's also pretty legendary um, in its, in its own right. But uh, yeah, basically this film is just kind of about uh, a lot of different things. It's about like toxic masculinity and about, you know, just kind of roles in society and like, you know, gripping on to, you know, what you have to a fault and stuff like that. And, um, you know, getting a lot of awards talks. I mean, like Benedict Cumberbatch probably will get an Oscar nomination. You know, Kirsten Dunst, Cody Smith McKee, like a lot of them. A lot of them are probably going to get a lot of Oscar nods. Obviously, all the technical awards, too, are going to probably come with it. And it's going to, you know, Jane Campion is going to get nominated. There's a lot of nominations are probably going to fall in this movie because it does deserve it in a lot of rights. Um but uh, this is a movie that you're going to need a couple watches for. I definitely feel that way, too, uh, where I, I really want to see a second viewing. And I think that's why it's cool. It's coming on Netflix, but it's also doing that theatrical run before that they usually do where you can go see it like for two to three weeks before. And then you can catch it on Netflix again when you're trying to kind of figure things out and you've digested it a little more. Um, yeah. 
And that's what I'm looking forward to, too, because it's deliberately slow. Um, you know, a lot of it gets brought out, you know, in terms of like character interactions and you know revelations that appear and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and the ending, you know, pr- creeps up on you and stuff in a way you don't expect. And there's just kind of different things that like, you know, you don't know if you grasp everything 100 percent on the first viewing. So, you know, seeing it on Netflix, I'm definitely looking forward to it on I believe it's December 1st. Um, it comes out on Netflix, uh, but definitely looking forward to giving this a rewatch. But um, yeah, I thought overall, I thought like the cinematography was beautiful. Johnny Greenwood's score was great. Um, Jane Campion's direction was great. Benedict Cumberbatch, who I thought was fantastic, um, probably in the lead role. Um, and he's got uh, poster, like he's got front billing, doesn't he? Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And he's like all over the posters that I would say he's the main character. Um, and, uh, yeah, Jesse Plemons as his brother is pretty good too. Um, overall, but, uh, yeah, I think Benedict Cumberbatch has been working. He has been working. He's been kind of all over the map. Yeah. And he's in antlers and stuff like that too. You know, a few other things as well, but, uh, but yeah, but power of the dogs, a real, real kind of interesting one. And just the way like his character butts heads with, uh, with, uh, was it Cody Smith McKee or McPhee? Sorry. Uh, yeah, those two kind of butt heads and, you know, just his like toxic masculinity and stuff like against his like kind of, you know, nature esque like personality and stuff. And, you know, and yeah, just the different things that kind of get revealed as it goes on is is really fascinating. And uh, again, disguised as a Western is what I would say. It's 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 a Western, but it's not really it's a, it's a drama and. Uh, you know, very, a very affecting one that I want to go back to. And I, I would say right now it's it's like an eight out of ten. Like, I really did like it a lot, wow. but I could be even better the more that I kind of just sit with it uh, once I get to watch it at home or in theaters. You know, if there's an opportunity to see it in November again when it has that theatrical run. Um, mm. But yeah, definitely recommend it. And you're going to be hearing a lot about it because everybody's already talking about it because of awards. So it'll be one of those movies that you could. I wouldn't be surprised if it had like 10 Oscar nominations just because of all the technical awards are there. It has a really solid cast. You know, it has a lot of opportunity to get a lot of awards attention. So, yeah. So how many awards do you think oh, the scary of 61st is going to get? Fucking zero. <laughs> so. This is hilarious because I wanted to watch this as well. <laughs> and then it was because Zach like went out of his way to like, the you know, you're not saying anything. The one film he was like, hey, by the way, just don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't watch didn't, this movie. Like, <laughs> didn't even goodness. like say like, you know, oh, I'm not going to say anything. I'll let him watch his own thing. Like, no, you were straight up like, no. <laughs> yeah, if I see a movie that's trash, I'm going to let y'all know. Or if I see a movie that's amazing, like, I'm going to let you know one or the other, right? Yeah. And, like, yeah, that movie, I mean, this movie, I'm curious to see what Alex thinks. But the only reason Alex saw it, by the way, just to tell y'all, is because he happened to be watching the movie while I put that out. So I was like, <laughs> don't watch this movie. And he was, like, in the middle of it. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I guess I'm finishing this anyway. Yeah. So it's like he was already in the scary, you know. Um. But uh, yeah, anyways, this movie, this this was something. Um, yeah, did not care for it at all. I was I was all excited too in the beginning because like just going into it, I knew it was like supposed to be some type of horror film um, that had this like Jeffrey Epstein part yes. in it. And it was uh, and then when I saw in the very beginning, it was like it was like 16 millimeter and like there there was even like 
people were talking about how it like connected to like maybe films of like the 60s and so they got like jalos like 60s and 70s there's a little bit of that aspect um i was like okay this could be like really good you know 16 millimeters is my favorite you know film format and like horror and stuff it's all like in line and stuff and then the film just kind of like starts going and it's like okay like i just i just didn't like anything i didn't like the actors i didn't like anything that they were saying i didn't like uh the dialogue or anything and then it's like okay so it's like either operating on two levels right this is either like a horror movie or it's like a, a parody right it's like one of the two i feel like and i don't think it does a good job at either is my problem like i'd understand if it was like oh i thought it was a horror movie that ends up being more of like a parody type movie um i'd be fine with that if they did a good job with it but they don't do a good job with either and so it just ends up being something that exists for no reason <laughs> is kind of what I was left with. And yeah, I just kind of hated everything about it, except for the look of it. That's the one thing I would say is the look of it is that very retro feel to it. That's like 16 millimeter gold. And, but that's about it. I mean, I didn't like literally anything else about it. I just was kind of waiting for it to end. (laughs) I love how it started off with that seventies or eighties horror movie soundtrack. Okay. Like, I love that. And then it had some slow zoom ins. I was like, yes. Yes, it did. I was like, yeah, in the beginning, it was cool. Like, just the, like, opening credits type thing. It was like, okay, this could be good. And then once they start opening their mouths, it was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, especially the guy who was showing the apartment. Oh, God, yeah. I wish he would have got pushed out a window because that guy was annoying AF. Could have been and fun. the boyfriend. He I was about to say, the, all the guys in the movie <laughs> were just yep. awful. This is yep. how you get rid of toxic masculinity. You just start killing people. <laughs> That's just it. But yeah, I just, yeah, I felt like a lot of times they were also trying to throw in comedy and stuff. But like it just, yeah, it never really quite worked for me at any point. Um, I think more than comedy, they were throwing in absurdity in terms yeah. of dot connecting that you see on the Internet. So yes. An example of that was that Epstein's properties are all five blocks away from each other, like that kind of silly stuff that you see on the Internet. Um, So finding connections where no connection actually exists. It's like that old. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that old saying, you are in a dark room looking for a black cat that isn't there and you find it. You're the number 13. Right. Like that, too. Right. Like in real life, in real life. But the, the number 13, uh, or no, I'm thinking of the number 23 with Jim Carrey. Oh, sorry. Maybe I'm thinking of that. Yeah. yeah sorry. I have the number wrong. 23. That, that was um, at least somewhat interesting. I think it was actually, but like, yeah. like to see, that's a much better movie and it's not a great movie. It's like very okay from what I remember. But uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, you look for something anywhere. Sure. But like, I, again, it was done in number 23, like what, 15 years ago. And like maybe more, I think the longer than that, actually. And like it was a better movie. And like I get they're trying to do this whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, but it's like, I don't know, like it, it didn't really it didn't really work for me at all. And just, yeah, there was even things that like might even been bad taste in the movie a little bit, too, like like with that. But then just like just different things the characters say at different points, too. And like, yeah. I just yeah, I just didn't like this one at all. Like other than the couple things you said with the openings of the zooms and like with well, the look of it is good. Like that's the mm-hmm. only thing I would say is it looks good. It's a good yeah. looking film. Um, 
you know, but uh, but I mean, anything that matters isn't good. That's the problem. <laughs> like the actual film and the characters and the, the story and the dialogue and anything is just like. Yeah, I just this was the one movie that I was just like was a complete waste of time for me. Um, I landed on like maybe a two. <laughs> <laughs> probably a two or three yeah because i just i just saw no value in this movie i was like it was just something that existed and wasted my time so i would say it's a two cowboys yeah. and aliens say what cowboys, cowboys and, and aliens. aliens yeah I, and i never even saw that movie but like i just figure like cowboys and aliens at least with that you just have, reminds like, me of, you have shooting no, and you have right you have like aliens it's, and you it's, have like shooting it's and the I was, kind like, of movie I get it. It's the kind of movie where you just you are so aware of what you are doing at that given moment, like yeah. of your surroundings. You are like yeah. everything. You're aware of everything around you. Like if you're in a theater, it's the worst because. <laughs> yeah. See, at least when you're at home, you can pause it and you can like stretch and shit. But like, yeah. Or you could stop, to be honest. You you. Well, stop. to be fair, you know what? I've like, when, when you're in a theater, I suppose you could like leave but you know i've never done that that actually came up yesterday uh, it's something that i just yeah same i i just have an inability to do i'm in there i'm out i'm committed right right? yeah even if i didn't i don't think i paid for cowboys and aliens actually because i think it was like free at the time working there right so yeah you know i could have walked out without any you know whatever but like i don't know once you're committed right like you're out and you want to be there like you've committed to you know well, the thing is, is with films like, you, you know, you also never know if that one scene is going to come up where it's like, OK, the movie might be shit, but you might get this one scene that's like surprises yeah. the hell. out of You You just don't know with movies what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So I always feel like there could be something of value that might pop up and therefore you should never walk out of a movie. Um, sure. You know, that's the thing is that yeah. I, I, I would prefer to hate a movie. That's the thing. It's one of those things where, yeah, if I hate a movie. Like, at least you hate, you know, you're, you hate watching something like you can you're like, oh, this is so bad and you're just mad yeah. at it. And like, that's better because then at least you're feeling something. You're angry It's the ones that don't make you feel anything. That are yeah. I, yeah. And I agree with a certain extent because I thought about this movie and I thought about how much I just thought it was a piece of crap that um, did it make it, you angry, it, though? That's no, the it's also a motivational piece because of the fact of like, oh, if they can do this and get into festivals, I can definitely do something better and get into festivals. It's one of those things where it's like, so oh, it this is where then. the bar is to get into VIF and to get into these other festivals. OK, like, let's make well, something. The, like, it's well, one of those. I'd, like, then I'd argue that it had some value then. Yeah, I mean, in that regard, sure. And maybe that's why the two is there, because you get one for the look <laughs> and not, one for, for unintentionally zero. motivating me in a way they did not intend. Yeah. There you go. Once that film was done, I thought I thought back to a line from the end of a Dennis Leary song where he says, well, I think I smell a lawsuit in that one. What do you think? Because <laughs> I think Epstein's family is going to sue the fuck out of these filmmakers. Well, it could. I mean, honestly, because like, yeah, they're just using all of the stuff from it. And and it's again, and the sad thing is, is it's like it'd be great if it was for like at least something entertaining, you know, you know, or something of value. But, yeah. oh, God, it's just it's just not good. And it just doesn't go anywhere. And 
Yeah, I just I just didn't like anything about the movie other than the two points. And one of them isn't even really valid because the fact that it motivated me is really just my own mindset of take, trying to take something good from a bag of shit. Right. And just <laughs> rolling with it. But so really, it's just the look of the film. That's really the only good thing about it. But um, yeah, this. Yeah, this was just something that existed. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to greener pastures then. Absolutely. Um, and oh, well, Alex, you didn't see this one. It's too bad. Uh, the Six was a really good documentary. Um, I thought this was one I saw early on, and also was telling Andrew about. Uh, so I'm glad that you saw it at least, Andrew. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but yeah, this uh, this was a really good one. This is about uh, basically the six Chinese um, passengers on the Titanic who never really had their story told and they survived the Titanic, I should say, because there was actually what eight in total two died, but the six other six, there are six survivors of the Titanic. And the thing about the Titanic is it's so famous, right? That tragedy is so famous that when everybody who survived all the survivors and even the people who died and stuff, they all kind of have their stories told. They were all well-documented and stuff like that. But then you had these six survivors that just kind of got scraped under the rug. And basically this film is about not only finding out who they were, but telling their story, you know, as much as they could. Right. And it's just really cool. The fact that they get everybody on board. I mean, they even get James Cameron and stuff like that. Cause obviously he made, you know, Titanic, which was this huge kind of global phenomenon. And he did a ton of research on his own. Like he is very well versed in the history of the Titanic himself. And, you know, so they bring kind of him in and like his kind of opinions on what had happened and just, you know, all of that. But then there's like, there's so many kind of cool rel- like revelations and stuff that come on. Like, I really like the way the film ended. You know, the fact that you have those two characters meeting that almost kind of closes this like circle in a way a little bit, um, a little bit was uh, was pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, I just I thought the whole research aspect was really compelling that they were like trying to go between different people that were saying like, oh, yeah, my like grandfather or like great grandfather was like a survivor and like it could be that person and so they like go out to find it and then like whether or not that remains true is always like a a tricky thing right um and yeah yeah I just trying to was, assess the validity of people's yeah, claims and things yeah exactly and it was always a, a risky thing you know because some of them ended up just being a bunch of bullshit where it's like oh yeah like yeah i totally had family family members on the titanic who's arrived or whatever it's definitely this chinese person who survived and then it turns out it's a bunch of bullshit but you have other people who have actually like legit cases and even like things to like slightly back it up and then there's some that are kind of in the middle where they're not sure and you know uh yeah it's just it's just a really interesting movie and just a a really kind of nice journey because i think their story should be told absolutely um and and the other part of the movie i should mention is obviously it also gets into the whole like you know exclusion act the chinese exclusion act that was in the u.s at the time that basically like forbidden like chinese to like be in the u.s um it was uh, yeah so it was more like um they they couldn't they, yeah, they they, yeah, they it weren't. Was a it was a straight up like. Well, they weren't allowed to to do. They, they didn't have any rights to anything. They could yeah. like come in and do like labor. Yeah, the Chinese Exclusion Act is what it was called. 
Uh, yes, it is called. That. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and it basically like there was just it was just anti-Chinese immigration, where yes. so like it made things even harder at the time. Where like like they were describing that in the movie too, where it's like okay, they get off the Titanic, they survive this horrific disaster. You know, they were like some of them were in the water. You know, when they um, get like, sent away, right? And then it's like as soon as they arrive, they're like, okay, get on this boat. After you yeah. survived a horrific accident on a boat. Yeah. You you make it out with your life like by luck, really, in a lot of cases. And then they're like, okay, now you're going to get on this boat because you're not allowed in the country, um, and you're going to go back to wherever you came from, kind of thing. And so here you go. Now you've got to live on this boat, you know, when you really would not want to be on a boat after that, rightfully <laughs> so. And yeah, here you go, like see you later, kind of thing. Whereas everybody else got to go to like shelters and they got to like, and I think a lot of those cases, it's like, that's where they got to like, maybe tell their stories or like they had a lot more recordings of history. And, but because of the misdirect with the boat and everything like that adds a whole thing where they have to like track that other boat. They have to figure out what boat they were on and like, see if they can find them. One of their names as well, because Chinese names, it's like, you know, they, they were just like hearing the names they were saying and like, being white about it <laughs> oh yeah they weren't writing it down correctly at all and they so then they have to try and piece yeah together, your like, name's like is this the person? Jin pin you yeah know? like it's how they rank you know but it's like you know the whitish racist shit ever it's yeah, like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know and they gotta like decipher it, it was a good and a bad thing because at least you know yeah. they know they could put it you together. know what the yeah. sounds were because as yeah. an english speaker you know what you they heard yeah and then you could try to actually find out what the chinese was yeah, exactly. But, I just yeah. yeah, I just thought I just thought overall this this movie was really good. Like I thought this was this was like my favorite movie until I saw Flea like early on. This was like kind of the movie that um I'd really enjoyed. I thought it was a really solid documentary. And like I said, I liked the way it ended with like the two characters kind of coming together and it kind of bridges a bit of a gap between like uh relatives, right? Of like, you know, mm-hmm. a guy working on the Titanic and and one of the Chinese uh, guys who survived the Titanic and it kind of brings their like, you know, their uh, what do you call it? I guess grandsons the, uh, together to kind of basically talk about it. Um, I thought it was a really kind of cool thing. And then, yeah, the very end, I thought was really cool too. the whole like ocean bit and stuff. And yeah, I yeah, I thought this was a, a really great documentary. I think everybody should see it because it's just a solid movie. If you like the Titanic, especially, I think it's a no brainer uh, to see this. Like, like I was telling Jack, I was like, shame on you not for coming over because like I half expected he would come over to watch this one with me, considering he's all Titanic crazy and everything, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I gave no, this, no, like, no. He's not Titanic crazy. He's Jack and Rose crazy, you know. Like that's he's, true. He's, he's, that he's into that love story. He wants that steamy love making. That's steamy that's what he likes. Girls. He wants he wants to be painted like one of them French girls. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, eight out of ten. I, I think is what I landed on this one. This was an eight for me. Yeah, about the same. It was it was good. It was an interesting subject matter. Right? Like it's it's pretty rare. I just uh, yeah yeah. So it's yeah. It was it was cool to see. Uh, see them at least try to tell the stories right because they were um yeah important it, it, tell, it's right? a group where you, you're not gonna have a lot of information to go on right just because no, nobody cared about them at the time right they yeah when you're undesirable you're not really well no and you have a, and you have a century between over a century between the incident right you, you have That's just time, documents right? of time right you lose well, shit to be fair the thing you have going for you is that it's like the most 
famous yeah, documented true. disaster in human like one of that's the true. most in that's human true. history so like to be fair if it were like something else oh yeah yeah good harder. luck right but the titanic that's like pretty significant so they have lists of things because anything you could possibly salvage they have and they've preserved yeah. right so to yeah. be fair like as far as investigations go yeah difficult obviously but yeah could be way yeah. more well, I mean, else, well, right? with that you can say that about anything, though. But I still think what this documentary showed is it was still a challenge. It still required an investigation team to mm -hmm. tackle and figure out, first of all, who everybody was or who they could have been. And then from there, finding out where their lives went. And, you know, it definitely proves a bit of a challenge. And even though this movie's like an hour and 40, hour and 45 minutes, I'm sure this, from what I remember, this took a very long time to kind of put yeah. together so yeah like obviously if it was if it was like a much you know like a very insignificant like kind of disaster they're trying to track and like less captured by the media um yeah of course it'd be su substantially harder to to find out what they were finding but still a challenge nonetheless i mean if you have a, over 100 years between the incident as well um but speaking of people we Speaking saw about a person, a person specifically <clears throat> not going down from six to one. And we talk about the worst person in the world. You know, first of all, I'm going to say when this film opened, I was supremely disappointed that this was not a mega compilation of Keith Olbermann's worst person in the world segments from NBC's countdown with Keith Olbermann. <laughs> so. If that's what y'all expected when you look at the title, you're in for a bad time. Yeah, it's however, something else. Yeah. However, it's it's a really, really, really good film. Yes, it is. I thought. And um, interesting look at relationships, particularly in the Scandinavian countries. <clears throat> I was kind of, um, I was glad I saw the film, but I was kind of uncomfortable having sat beside Zach, who's such a... <laughs> a big slasher and horror guy watching this, this very beautiful story play out. <laughs> if for no other reason, then it's, it's Zach. And right. Zach's more the, the comedy slasher guy. And this is, this is definitely not that. As a matter of fact, no. the synopsis reads chronicling four years in the life of Julie, a young woman who navigates the troubled waters of her love life and struggles to find her career path leading her to take a realistic look at who she really is. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but trust me when I say it's a great relationship film and a, a great character film as well. I like how, as time goes on, we as people were getting better with not only writing dialogue, but how we relate to each other and improving on how we feel and we think and how we can flesh out more complex ideas in conversations. You definitely, because this is dialogue heavy, and you definitely see that between Julie and the, the husband. Is it a husband or is it a partner? Uh, you mean like the, the uh, comic book artist? Like that yeah, he's twenty years older than her. Yeah, uh, they were they were planning on getting married, wasn't it? I don't think they actually did. Did they? I don't remember. Actually, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. But they they've been together for at least a few years. Oh yeah, they have a, they definitely have a long relationship for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. Great film. I definitely recommend seeing it. 
Yeah, I mean this this was a great movie, and and I I think it's just it's it's really cool that it uh, even just the structure of it is interesting. Like it, it's one of those chapter movies. It has like a prologue. It has twelve chapters and then mm-hmm. an epilogue, which sounds epic, right? Nice. I mean, it's like oh my god, what am I getting into? And then just some of the titles and stuff of like the uh, of the chapters also had me laughing because then you're like, okay, what the hell is this going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, this section or whatever, right? Of this uh, story. And yeah, it just it's just the way this this movie unfolds is is super fascinating. And yeah, just the way she kind of like goes through these relationships and, um, you know, just her. Basically herself and the way she kind of like impacts everything like and the different problems that kind of brew in each relationship. And I, I think by the end, especially with the uh, the first relationship kind of coming back. Um, in a neat way was was super uh, touching and, you know, re- really interesting. And, you know, the whole ending, I thought, was was really perfect. And this this is just a really great movie overall. Like, I really want to see this again. This is one. This is another film that I would want to see again. This and Power of the Dog um, is a film I'd like to go back to because I feel like there's like other things I could get from it as well. Um, despite this film being, you know, straightforward, just a lot happens, you know, yeah. Um you know, with these relationships and, and stuff like that. And it's all also just very good. And this is probably, if I were to predict, this is probably going to be a best foreign film nominee at the Oscars. I I'm pretty positive. I know it's uh, it's selected for uh, Norway um, to be the representative film for Norway. So uh, yeah, I, I just think it's really great. There's, there's some scenes that really stuck in my head, like the whole, uh, like the whole freezing scene where like yeah. she's walking the whole town is like frozen. And like, yes. I just think they did a really good job with that. Um, and just kind of, they had a good purpose of doing it. It's not just like a thing too, that they're doing. It actually has purpose um, for the story. Uh, yeah, it was, was really, really great. And yeah, I just thought there was a lot of comedy along the way. That was very funny. The acid trip scene is another one that sticks in my head, of course. Um, Cause that's very visually, uh, you know, stimulating and interesting and that whole bodysuit um, <laughs> and stuff that she has on in that scene at one point. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 That. And like, <laughs> um, you know, it was just really crazy. And then, yeah, it's just the way this movie kind of flows and all the characters are really great. Like, yeah, really, really awesome overall. Uh, yeah. This for me, this movie was like an eight and a half. Like this was one of the best films of the fest. Uh and yeah, just a film I'd like to go back to just to kind of like go through the journey and kind of like, yeah, just it's it's one of those films where you just I just kind of love everything about it. It's like the opposite of the scariest 61st or whatever. It's, you know, I just kind of loved everything about it. And, you know, it could even grow even more on me. It could go even higher if I watch it again. But it's it's one of the best films of the year um, for me. And just, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want like also don't want to give too much away, but it's also hard to because there's just so many moments that happens. And I want to say this movie was like two hours and it was about two hours. Yeah, I think it's two yeah. hours. So it's a perfect runtime as well. It doesn't overstay its welcome, you know, isn't too short um, either. And uh, yeah, I think you're I think you're going to hear about this one at the Oscars a little bit for best foreign film. And it's it's not one you want to skip either. It's it's not a it's not a foreign film that like only certain people are going to like too. it's a film that I think, you know, most people can enjoy, you know, for all the family, you know, the family and kids and everybody bring them all up, bring your grandma, bring, bring everybody this film. They're going to love it. Yeah. I don't know about that kids part. 
<laughs> no, 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 young Bucky. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe maybe not the kids, but everybody else, though. I think there's something that everybody can enjoy. Yeah. Um, all the adults can enjoy this movie for sure. Absolutely. Moving on to a film that I saw, which I'm very surprised that you and Andrew did not see, was mm-hmm. Three Sisters from yeah. South Korea. Well, the film is called Three Sisters. It was filmed in South Korea, just to be very specific. How did you miss this to, to drive the point home of the name of our okay. podcast? <laughs> so so there was a movie that I saw. Um, I'm just trying to find out what movie it was. Give me a second. It was really good. Um, that came out not too long ago, and I also saw it. Our Little Sister. It came out in 2015. It was also a VIF film that I saw, I believe. Um, and it was really good and it kind of had from what I was looking at, cause I looked at it at the time, um, similar themes and stuff like that. Um, and it was very well praised at the time. I really liked our little sister. And when three sisters came out, it seemed not only very similar to that, but the, the actual like reviews and stuff behind it were, uh, were kind of mixed actually from what I had seen. A lot of people were kind of just saying it was all right or, you know, and then a lot of people were even pointing out like, oh, this is like a lesser, like our little sister kind of thing. And I was like, okay. And so what I gathered is that people weren't super hot on it as much. And even though I did kind of want to see it, like there were other movies that just kind of pulled my attention in the end. And so, yeah, that's, that's the full story of why I didn't see this movie, (laughs) but maybe I'll tell something different. I will tell you the synopsis. Yeah. A blistering indictment of patriarchy laced with poisonous black humor. Three wildly different sisters are hit by life crises, and the reactions are not pretty. Self-harming doormat He Suk is diagnosed with cancer. Mi Yun, a church choir master and model of piety, discovers her husband's affair. A PTA meeting forces alcoholic Mi Oak to confront the train wreck she is. The cause of each person's dysfunction is revealed at their father's birthday when the youngest brother exhibits another level of crazy. So that basically takes you through the whole film up to the end. Not to um, give away the ending, but that's pretty much the film in a nutshell. And it it was all right. It's it's mm-hmm. not something I regret seeing. I, I can't remember if it was two hours or hour 45, but I I didn't mind the runtime. I didn't line, mind the, the film itself. It was okay. I think I, I gave it somewhere in the, the realm of a six out of ten. Like, it didn't blow mm-hmm. me away, but it was a pretty good um, character study of what some people will do in that situation who are all related and grew up under the same abusive household Mm. and how they all they all differentiated in terms of their personalities sprouting forth from that yeah and if there's one thing that i remember from the film it's that i don't think cancer treatment is done by sticking tree branches into a the jj i'm no (laughs) doctor but i i don't think that's how you do it yeah it didn't work in evil dead so it's not going to work there (laughs) <laughs> the interesting thing about Evil Dead is that they filmed that in reverse, if I yes, remember they did. correctly. Yes, yes, they did. And all the tree branches in Evil Dead 2 coming out as well, they did that in reverse. Yeah. 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 
So I definitely recommend Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of the great movies, you know. And I would recommend it over this film, but anybody who loves South Korean films, I would say, yes, watch this. Um, the the actress who played the church choir master sister, her story was probably the best of the three because the alcoholic sister, her character was quite annoying. But then again, people who are alcoholics, um, I don't want to say that she fell into the stereotype, but I did see personality traits that that varied across that stereotypical spectrum, we'll say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty straightforward story. There are a little bit of flashbacks, not only in the beginning, but more toward the end that help you understand record scratch. This is how we got here. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. There's that. There is that. And then, oh, wow, we got a we got a rare one here, kids. We all not only did we all see a film, all three of us, but it's all got a title that we we can all relate to time. We all live by. We're all slaves to time. Time is on my side. Yes, it is. That's from <laughs> Fallen from 1998, starring Denzel. You ever seen that movie? I don't think I have. No. no. Oh, it's so good. It actually, I wanted to bring it in. I do like Denzel. So, yeah. is it is it an action film? I presume. No, it's more uh, spirituality. Not really sci-fi, but thriller spirituality. Got a, a little bit of crime drama to it. John okay. Goodman is in it. So is Ooh. M. Beth Davids. Okay. Oh, she's awesome. Uh, speaking of Evil Dead, she was in Army of Darkness. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are. It's quite a stacked cast, if okay. I do say so myself. Interesting. Yeah, but we're talking oh. about time. We're talking about time. That was a film. Yeah. Yeah. Time. Was I'm a little film. surprised we all saw this actually. <laughs> I mean, I'm not because, like, you know, I, I typically look at Asian cinema to see kind of what's going on, and 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 the premise is what hooked me on this one, which is. Once famous for his quick blade, a retired assassin can no longer earn a living with his cutthroat skills. Summoned again, he partners with a chauffeur to carry out special missions, fulfilling the wishes of old people looking to kill themselves. When commissioned by a young girl who has been deserted by her parents and lover, they decide to help. And basically, yeah, it's so interesting because this movie kind of, combines a couple things for me it kind of combines a little bit of that movie red um where you have all those like old assassins coming back in the game again and then you have a little bit of like leon the professional with uh well yeah especially which which andrew by the way doesn't know anything about (gasps) um yes that is true Um, i know it's like one of the best movies of all time yeah Uh, but uh yeah anyways just a side point um, but, um, yeah, a little bit of that for sure in the whole like girl storyline with the, the old assassin and stuff like that. And I just thought this movie was a really fun time. I love the way it opened with like, it was almost like an old, like cheesy, like early seventies, like, you know, martial yes, arts yeah. killer film. And then yeah. it like kind of shows them now and stuff. And like, I, I thought it was very funny, but then there's a lot of heartwarming kind of aspects to the film that creep up for all the characters. Um, you know, they all kind of have their struggles. They all kind of have different things they go to. There's a lot of abandonment issues 
with them, which I feel like has been a big topic that's come up a lot recently, which is really good in a lot of films I've seen about how the elderly just kind of get discarded um, by society. And yeah, I just I thought a lot of the things they touched on later on was surprisingly heartwarming in a way I didn't expect. And I I wasn't sure what I expected from this movie going in. I just kind of thought it was going to be whatever. I wasn't really hopeful for anything but it it ended up being a lot better than i i personally expected because i thought it was super entertaining throughout it was very funny it was very heartwarming throughout and you know there's even a bit of action and stuff like that thrown in for good measure and you know but it's with the premise you're kind of thinking like at the beginning like oh it's gonna be this big action film and it uses it in doses at the right times right for um oftentimes like you know comedic effect until like the end uh, of course but like i yeah i just i thought this was a great time it had great characters that were all very specific in terms of their roles and what they brought to the table and you know different personalities and like the girl or whatever the little girl was a great addition to um to the story and yeah and just all like yeah, just all the different stories that they had, like the different aspects, like the the woman or whatever who has like her kids that she lives with or whatever, who are just pieces of shit, basically. And then, you know, you have the the one guy or whatever who is like kind of with the prostitute, but he's not really getting that, like, you know, they're not in a relationship, really. But yet it's just like it's like the closest thing he has to that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's like his one thing, really. It's is one outlet for that. And then so there's that. And then there's yeah, then there's the older guy who's just kind of all alone. You know, he's the old assassin or whatever. But then that little girl comes in and then that's like a really sweet kind of storyline, too, that, you know, with the ending and everything, all the way that that all wraps up and the climax before it and everything that ties into that character, I, I also really dug and. Yeah, I, I thought this was a, just a super entertaining ride that was also very unique. And despite taking aspects from different films, it also was kind of its own thing, too, which I seem to love that when a movie does that, like when it takes from the past, but also gives you something for the future, you know, in terms of originality. Um, I do really like that a lot. Um, you could say Tarantino built a whole career off of that, really, if you think about it. But um, yeah, this for me was... I thought a solid run. I can't really fault it for anything in my opinion. And, you know, and even the actors and actresses in it, I even like recognized from a couple films like Shaolin mm-hmm. Soccer and like um, Kung Fu Hustle and stuff like that. Even the election films, if you're into like Chinese, like gangster films and stuff, but uh, drug war and all that. Yeah. But, drug war is great. Drug war is great. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I landed on eight. Honestly, this was one of the best at home uh films i saw personally i I had a lot of fun with this one yeah yeah there were there were a lot of really deep dives into not only comedy but into drama and sorrow but and that's what east East asian cinema does at least a lot that i've seen in this day and age um hiring an old guy to kill people who want to die mainly because of medical debt. You'd think that would be a storyline in the United States. What with their healthcare system, but in China, that was surprising to me. This is specifically Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little different, but yeah. Mm. Um, just, just keeping in mind that it is, uh, it is, uh, kind of different there. Um, it's a different system there than it is oh, in, yeah, uh, sure. in China. So, 
Um, but yeah, the healthcare system is, um, they do have, so the way that it works is that they do have healthcare, but it's like, it's bad basically like you get you can only get it it's like basically having like a shit list of places that you can go like you can go to this like shit hospital or something like that but like for realistic good care you need to pay yeah so i, I it's, it's it. not it's i would call it like a public private system that's really bad like a bad most public private systems end up being bad in some way or another so this is just like a bad version of that uh, it's not really universal health care, but yeah, so for seniors, they do actually have, because, you know, it is part of a, a core value set is, you know, and you're supposed to uh, respect and, and, yeah, and like respect seniors, which is, you know, pretty well universal, but like especially important um, in Chinese culture, right? So, yeah, you know, it kind of plays into that, but then also they don't really take care of their seniors very well, because then apparently those, the, those bars, the, uh, uh, those like special senior bars that's a real yeah. thing that's yeah. a real thing that it there. is yeah. essentially they're like discount bars because uh they're all pension they're pensioner bars because none of them like they they get they don't get anything from the government like they don't get yeah. any real benefits so they can't afford a lot yeah so that's why these things this, this is born out of that so yeah. yeah, and they touch uh, they touch a bit on it too because there's like one scene where one of them has to go to the hospital or whatever, and like they touch on that too of how like they're just kind of going to this like whatever place and they can't get the proper care. Yeah, so that's that how it need. works. Yeah, yeah. The medical debt. It's like it is kind of so it would be like Canada's system if it were way worse. <laughs> like it, right. you can pay because you can pay uh, here to to get tests ahead of what you could with the universal care right you know so like I, I if i had to like put it into perspective it's like you know there's like this maybe something like hong kong is not far off from the u.s mm. one which is like all private so it's like it's yeah, like just yeah. a step ahead of that where there is like some you know aspects right it's but it's not far off of like uh, because essentially what they have is like kind of like medicare right it's not that much different so mm -hmm. anyway like point is it's cool that that was in there and, yep. and but yeah it is different right you're just keeping in mind that a lot of the systems they have set up there in hong kong is different than china as a whole which is a giant yeah. place right so yeah, yeah it would be like taiwan right where mm -hmm. you know they've got their own systems as well so um but yeah anyway like point point being it was it was just generally generally pretty good it's funny like uh uh i watched it with my in-laws and they were um they just couldn't get over the fact that they couldn't believe that this old man would be able to pull off anything that he was pulling off i think, that, I think that's part of the fun though I and mean, they know the actor right so yeah i was gonna say is, he's like yeah. 85 like in real life like he's, yeah so a, a bunch of the actors are like really famous like you'll find that a lot in hong kong cinema is that they'll there'll be a lot of these big actors that are just in a bunch of movies similar to like you know whatever same as hollywood right but like essentially there's these like these are like old-timer actors who've been in the game for a, not all of them but like a few of them for decades have been yeah forever so these yeah, are like, like you know them. everybody knows them yes shallon <laughs> soccer was was my film that i know him from shallon soccer that's well you know what it kind of reminds me of something i saw recently i get the criticism a little bit this one i thought executed it far better than i talked to you about this zach but like this did one you? okay uh, I did. So I, this one executed it far better. But I understand the like cognitive 
like kind of dissonance of seeing like somebody you know and like watching them just like insanely old like you know they can't move at all like you see them you know you know them as an actor or whatever right and then seeing them like pull off this shit you know that they could never like in a million years do it just like yeah that disconnect i get that but like this one was fine like it was just kind of funny and they weren't doing anything crazy but i watched crime macho recently and i told you that and it's basically oh, the same right. same criticism okay. except like okay. that time that one was just like so bad watching a 90 year old clint eastwood try <laughs> pretending like he's can intimidate or beat up like mex like mexican gang members well that's just the thing is it can be very well played for comedy because like you even it think hilarious, of like, to be fair think... it was hilarious unintentionally though this at least yeah. on the time credit credit time was intentionally yeah trying to be funny uh crying yes. was not yeah which is a big difference and like and like you can even say like and this is going completely in a different direction but uh attack of the clones yoda scenery drops the cane and kicks ass or whatever it's the best scene in the movie only good it. scene in the movie actually um and I think uh it was that funny i just thought it was kind of I think it's it pretty was a mixture. It was a mixture of funny it and is, awesome. But that's great. Yeah. But that's great though. It's it's like they that's the one scene they nailed, right? And yeah. like it's the same type of thing. It's an old joke, but it's like it's 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 pretty easy though. But it's also very funny. I, I think it's still very effective. Um, you know, and, and yeah, and in this movie, it's also not just all that too. It's like, yeah, it is funny, but it's also like, you know, there's just a lot of things with this character and stuff like that that kind of develop where you know, it ends. You ends up having all these heartwarming things that creep in, especially with the little girl and stuff like that. But um, you know, which kind of gives him more of a purpose, if you will, you know, in life, even and stuff like that. But, yeah. Well, yeah. it's crazy, like backroom abortions and stuff too. They do. Yeah. That whole it's thing was like. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah, it's like actually it's super illegal in, in Hong Kong to. Well, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, a lot of abortion. It's, it's like, a lot of it's like scary, kind of illegal. Like you don't want to get, you know, you don't want to get like caught for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, this I thought this was a, a solid movie, like just in a lot of ways. It was much better than I, I had expected. Um, it was pretty solid, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. And this was the one film I saw that had a Wilhelm scream. Yes, oh, yeah. it did. <laughs> Yeah, early yeah, on. Got to get those in. And yeah, that was that was all cheese at the beginning. So yeah, yeah. But it was fun cheese. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love how that's not not what it all was too, though. Like it had layers to it, and like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, sure. The movie could have been just that. It could have been just an all-out like wacky, you know, action film that was just super silly and like, oh, look at these old people like beat up people and stuff, and um. You know, but it's it's not just that. There's like all these other things, these topics, important topics that they actually tackle, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was really great. And they did it in a great way, too. Like you really can't knock the film in any way, in my opinion. Yeah. And the one the one really good line that stuck with me that relates to healthcare is at our age, we can only buy time with money. Yeah. Like, if that's not a scathing indictment of healthcare in that country, I don't know what is. And then the other cool thing was the aphrodisiac. The title of it was Vigorous Conqueror. <laughs> yeah, I got to get me great. some Vigorous Conqueror. <laughs> that's a pretty yeah, epic, pretty epic one. I feel like sure. that's a lot of translated Chinese stuff, though. This is like, <laughs> it's just... 
it's always some shit like that like anything even restaurants man it's like i love it actually this has got the best translations it's always like yeah. way over the top <laughs> yeah 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 it's just like the the japanese translation of oh, all those your are base are belong to us yes fantastic yeah, yeah those are even better actually oh my god when you watch abroad in japan you just see all the different ones that you know chris brings out it's so good well that's just bad like <laughs> That's not even just like, but that's my favorite one. Like you know, like a really literal translation. It's like just nobody's good at English and they don't prove anything. But it's, the thing is, it's funny to see it. But then it's like, but then you see all those people getting like the the Chinese letters or like the Japanese like well, letters and stupid. stuff, and they think they think it means like oh, like courageous, and it actually means like dipshit or something. Like, yeah, what's you know, name? did that it's... celebrity did that like eleven? Minute, what was there? 11 something, 12 rings. That's what it was. That yeah. what's her name? I and forget. She totally messed up. <laughs> she totally messed it up, tattooed it herself. What an idiot! I love it. It's fantastic. Oh, it's great. It's great comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge celebrity, too. I don't know how you don't have somebody on your team who's like, uh, maybe not a good idea. Hey, yeah, <laughs> so maybe you should double check that first. This is wrong. I speak the language. Yeah, you had honestly. people on staff who spoke the language too. Yeah, they should be. Yeah, like they should be fired almost. Like hundred percent. You know, it's like because they clearly don't give a shit about you if they didn't pipe up and say something. Like, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, yeah, I don't care how low down on the chain you are. You, 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 <laughs> you, you, you get that email. <laughs> yeah. Like, not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's move on to younger people, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. This was one kicking down the road called Tin Can. Mm hmm. I almost watched. (laughs) I almost watched this, but it was okay. So I'll just say this because I don't know anything about this film. So, yeah, uh, not well, barely know anything about this film. So I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this Tin Can, whatever. And I was like, you know, I'm tired nowadays. Like all the time. So I'm like, I threw this film on, saw some stuff. Like I was all a haze. I watched like, I want to say like 15, 20 minutes went by, 30 minutes oh or something. God. And I was not like paying very good attention at all. So you're just was, tired. Yeah. I was just tired. And then I'm seeing this and I'm like, what the fuck is like, no, I'm like, I just can't. I, I literally said, I can't. I just. It's, that's so funny because like i couldn't imagine what you would have thought of the last 30 minutes then. yeah because like that first bit is like the easy stuff that's like if you were conscious you would have been fine i was just like i just it's no i know out of confusion like yeah like you know the last half hour is a lot more confusing by a long shot but the yeah the first bit's just kind of the setup and stuff so that's so you must have been tired because like i was tired <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was tired. It was late at night. I was like, I just, I can't do this right now. <laughs> so I'm stopping this. Uh, so but, yeah, I don't know. You tell yeah, me. Yeah, this was, this was a Canadian film. Um, I saw it. I knew that, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's like a sci-fi horror. And the premise is, as the world faces a deadly plague, a frontline's parasitologist, if I said that right, is oh, can imprisoned. I just like add one thing? So okay. like I read that synopsis. Yeah. And the first thing I thought was like, oh, this is really relevant right now. You know, it's very timely. Oh, kind and, of. Like, There's a little oh, bit yeah, of that. You know, well, maybe it's like maybe it's like kind of got that, you know, feel to it. Like it'll be like uh what do you call it? Um it'll be like 
all of those virus movies. Like I was thinking, like uh, the, the Soderbergh one. I was thinking Contagion. Like, Contagion. Contagion. I was thinking. Uh, uh, what was the other one? It was uh, Contagion and like the the hokey Outbreak. one with uh, what's his name? The oh, God damn it older one or whatever but it's called quarantine or something like that i, I forgot but like wreck? yeah so I, hmm? no wreck. not wreck no wreck is great though it's one it of my great. one of the all-time great. greats in my opinion yeah. best of the but, uh hand cam like the the what do you call it? yeah like the found hand footage cam found footage thank you and that its is, sequel is very good too it is very good also very good underrated um, and very good. But I, I think Wreck is is like the peak of that genre. Like I often say there's like a film that kind of starts it and then there's a film that kind of peaks it. And I feel like Wreck is the one that peaked that. I feel I feel like no other movie did it better in my book. Well, I yeah. So I was expecting all that. And then or like, you know, I had that thought in my head and I was like, wait, this is this is something else. I don't I don't know. Well, it's say. a lot to take in if you're just tired, for sure. It's yeah, yeah. That's I mean, but yeah. Basically, she's in this tin can, and it's like a life suspension chamber. And she uh, to escape, she must destroy the last of her kind. Is what it says here. And yeah, basically, this movie, the first half of it, it kind of starts out as like, yeah, it's one of those things that I thought of too. Of like, oh, this is mirroring the pandemic a little bit because it's all talking about how there's this like this contagious virus that's spreading throughout and it's like a like a fungi isn't it or something um i can't remember but i feel like it was like a fungi that's like spreading and it like spreads on this people's skin and it's like turns like this thick white crust on them or whatever and it's like really nasty and yeah it's like this like spreading virus basically it's like oh okay so this is where the pandemic horror is coming that i expected right because that's what everybody's waiting for they're waiting especially when the pandemic's over they're you're just going to see this whole flood of people coming into the pandemic horror movies, you just wait. And so this one's kind of early, right? This is early in the in the bucket. And so I was like, okay. And then as it gets going, it ends up kind of becoming quickly a like trapped in a blah 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 movie, like Buried or The Outhouse, which would be coming soon. And uh, yeah, it starts out kind of as that. Uh, while you also have like different characters that you can hear in the room and they're kind of their dialogue and stuff for you know, you're trying to fill in gaps basically on what's going on. You're trying to figure out what's going on in the beginning um, as the character is. Um, and then the second half of the movie turns into this whole other thing where it's like the whole other side of things. And that's where it gets really crazy. But I liked it in a weird way. I don't know about you, Scott, but or Scott, bleh, Alex. Yes. But uh, how the hell do you confuse me and Scott? I've been hanging with Scott a lot recently. <laughs> <laughs> we, me and that boy have been, you know, two balls on the chain. You know what I mean? Like, we've been just hanging. <laughs> two balls in the sack. <laughs> yeah, two balls in the sack. I like that even better. Yeah. I was thinking of, Call I was us thinking the scrotum because uh, we here. <laughs> thinking of Outbreak, by the way. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just learning to scrotum and Outbreak. Stuff, so. You know, I've just, I've just learned to tune that part of you out. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this yeah, but this movie gets real crazy in the second half. Uh, that's where it gets real nuts. And 
you know, apparently, like when I was looking at reviews and stuff, like people were kind of getting confused a little bit. I, I kind of understood what was going on, but there's definitely things like that would warrant a second viewing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those sci-fi horror films that I just, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It might not be as great as like a possessor, I would say, which is probably one of the best in my modern memory. But um, but it's really good. Like this movie is very good. I like the design of everything, like the tin can, like life suspension chamber um, was very cool. Um, and it's a film that you can shoot like on a lower budget, right? Like if you can do a lot of film again in like a type of thing like that, you know, you just have a bunch of tubes and like, you know, shit like that. But I love the camera angles, too, that they had of that. Like there's a point where it flips over and stuff and you kind of get to see through the floor of it at like the character and like there's all the liquid and stuff at the bottom and like you know just all the, the different things right was was cool how they use the camera then which is super important for these types of movies you got to use camera angles in a very unique way if you're just going to be in one place for a while right mm-hmm. um so that was all very cool and uh was it anna hopkins is the lead in this movie and she's been popping up in a few things but she was she was really good here and then you have the good old Michael Ironside, the yeah. big old favorite, the gruff boy, gruff voice boy. Um, yeah. See you at the party, Richter. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, the where's my daughter, too. That's, that's also him. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, it was a it was, it was a unique movie. It was it was uh, a little spooky, you know, definitely gets very gory um, in the second half. Um and yeah, lot just very very interesting. I I think I landed on like a seven point five on this one for me. I I thought it was very interesting. Wow. I I was a bit lower. I was a, a six. On oh jeez. Okay. Yeah. So this is like the biggest gap I think then we've had. Probably. I like the set design. I mean, it reminded me of mm-hmm. of Alien Three. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a good comparison. The the soundtrack. At times, it had a beyond the black rainbow feel to it, uh, and yeah. and the the pacing, the tone and the pacing of the film. Once she got out of the chamber, spoilers, yeah. spoilers, it started to mirror beyond the black rainbow. Yeah, um, uh, the, I I hate this trope, and I hope we can get away from it. Of when someone is trapped in something, they keep saying, "This is a mistake. Let me go." Can we get away from that, please? <laughs> I mean, it's not as though the captors are going to all of a sudden snap out of it and say, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'll let you go right away. As a, a screenwriter, movie. we've got to advance beyond that. Like our characters have to be smarter than that in this day and age. Yeah, I think I think that would be kind of neat, though, in a comedic way to use that trope and be like, oh, shit, we fucked up. And then they'd let <laughs> I think it'd be like, hey, you want to join our crew? Like. <laughs> That actually would be quite funny if that happened. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, obviously. But but I, I get it to a certain degree. I will argue in a certain degree that if you're in that state, you're going to try anything to get out. And if you don't know why you're there, you know, then you. I think if I were in that situation and I but I also kind of worked on different things and I kind of know what this thing is a little bit, I would. I don't think that's out of line to say it in this case to be like, it's a mistake. I didn't sign up for this. Whereas other people did sign up for it, right? Um, I think it does make sense in that regard. I know what you're saying just in general, but I think in this circumstance, and she works with the company, but yet is in there and didn't sign up for it. I think I think it's something you could plausibly say. 
at the same time, you know. But you're right. In a lot of those scenarios, like you, you do hear that too. But, um, but yeah. But boy, six out of ten. That's I thought it was definitely better than that. Yeah. At times when she was in the chamber, I I felt like Michael Bay lobbying for the phone booth job. How soon can we get her out of the chamber? Mm. And and then it finally happens. But when when they she does get out of the chamber, it it did take a different turn for me. Sure. It, it, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, wow. It was like, oh, OK, now we're we're on the maintenance crew. Mm. And, and I understand where it was going, like the yeah. the merging with technology, which yeah. Ray Kurzweil has talked about many times, which I thought was interesting and where she was going in terms of the relationship with her boyfriend. Yeah, the revenge that, plot almost. Yeah, like how that played yeah. out backwards as the film went forward, yeah, I thought yeah, was yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, for me, I, I think there could have been a bit more there. Although um, Seth Smith, the director, he did The Crescent before this. Mm-hmm. And I for I don't know, but for whatever reason, I think he could have done a little better. I don't know if it was the budget or what, but okay. it, it was pretty good. But I, I think there was something missing that should have been there. I mean, I think the the film looked very good, though. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. budget or not, I think the suits, I think the whole just set and everything, I think, looked very cool for what they were going for. And I think, um, yeah, I think that whole like second half yeah there's definitely it definitely warrants a second viewing but i'm i'm more interested in seeing it just to kind of like see things that i might have missed but i, I just kind of liked everything it did and the fact of yeah like fusing with technology and the fact that like yeah like I, again i don't want to spoil too much of what happens with the, the boyfriend or whatever but i thought that was really cool too the whole like ending with that um was also pretty rad and you know, and then, yeah, and then you have the other workers as well. There's that whole aspect of like, you know, conflicting with them. And like, um, there's that, like that whole like chamber or whatever that they get stuck in. And yeah, I, I just, I just thought it was really good. And it was, you know, it got gory and stuff at the end and it was definitely thought provoking too. And I liked how it was going back to just the conversations they had as a couple versus like, you know, at that moment, what she was doing and stuff. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not an amazing movie. I, I will say that it's it's a solid movie. Like, I think it was a solid good time. And I think, yeah, there's definitely two halves to it. They're very different. Um, you know, whether you like the second half or not is going to depend on a lot of things. Um, but I feel like a lot of these movies are polarizing, too, in nature. Like, I always think of um, less polarizing, but still polarizing. But Martyrs is one that has two halves to it. Mm. Very much so. It's one yeah. movie. It's not like two separate stories, but it is in a way, yeah. um, you know, and I remember Jack hating it. Um, I remember showing that to him and he hated it. And he even mentioned it last night. The son of a bitch. He mentioned it last night in the breath of like awful movies because um, he was talking to other people. Yeah, I know. I know. And I, I hope Jack, I hope you're listening. Uh, but he yeah, he mentioned we were talking about like Last Airbender. We we're talking about like the worst films we've ever seen type thing and then somehow martyrs got brought up i'm like okay you cross the line there because like yeah that's just a movie that you don't like but like most people like i've seen that on best like horror films lists and stuff like that and i i love it to death personally but i think going back to my point is that it it more depends on if you're willing to get down with the second half when it completely shifts right 
um, to something different. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't for people. And I think it depends on who you are, really, and what your interests are. And I think for me, it was weird. And it was interesting in that fusing with technology is something I've liked, even going back to Tetsu the Iron Man, which was a, mm-hmm. a favorite of mine, of course, on this podcast. And um, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's a topic I've always liked and, you know, but that's not all that's going on. There's other things that I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that I got down, but then there's also the other things going on with the relationship and with the workers and stuff that I liked too. And not enough that I'd give it a 7.5 and, you know, I, I wouldn't put it down for sure if it was on Netflix or something like that, or if somebody wanted to watch something interesting, um, that kind of had that, you know, halfway twist or not twist really, but just change up, I'd say change. Yeah. Yeah, not really a twist because, like, it's not like a crazy thing that she gets out. Like, she's trying to do that the whole time, you know. <laughs> but and other people do get out, too. Like, you kind of hear people getting pulled out or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that, that's kind of where I landed as a 7.5. I, I enjoyed it. All right. Maybe I'll give it a second viewing one day. Yeah, I, I want to give the second half a second viewing for sure. So I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind watching it again for sure. But moving on from sci-fi body horror to real-life horror, which, as we know, is the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, oh, you got to be quaking in your boots. I I hate how these anti-maskers say, oh, you're scared of it because you're wearing a mask. No, wrong, wrong, Mm. no. (laughs) Anyway, I saw a documentary from Italy more specifically, Venice, Italy. Ah, yep. Venice, as Indiana Jones said in The Last Crusade. Ah, Venice. Love it. This one's called Venetian Molecules. Stuck in, in his hometown of Venice during the pandemic, director Andrea Segre turns the camera on the frozen city while reminiscing about his father, a scientist and chemist, and the past. Great... Um, viewing of Venice during the pandemic. And there was a, there were a whole lot of people who died in Italy during um, April, May, June oh, of yeah. 2020. So yeah. again, I, I had said earlier, the world at night is beautiful. And this is definitely a great example of that because there's a few shots of the director with his camera in a boat on the canals at night and just awesome. I mean... Oh, I, I can't say enough about the beauty of the world when no one's there. And I'm not anti-people. I'm just saying yeah. they get in the way of beautiful shots sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, Venice is pretty in general. I can, you know, attest to that actually being there and it being my favorite city in all of Europe. I was actually blown away by it. And a lot of that was its beauty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this was, yeah, this was a film I really wanted to see and it just didn't fit in. And it was on my list. It was like going to be, if, if there was 51 or 52 movies I saw, I probably would have saw it. This was like right up there. And I just, I just didn't catch it, unfortunately. Mm, sucks. Cause I think this was what an hour 20 or something like Shorts. that. It wasn't all that long. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some interviews with some people that he knows. Um, a lot of the great shots are out there on the water because mm-hmm. he knows a person or two who who use the or do the gondola thing as a job. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's why they want to stay in Venice. But with tourism gone, that you have seems, no jobs. Yeah, it seems kind of on the brink of losing it. 
Um, I don't know how many Terrence Malick films you've seen. Quite a but few. Good. Because this is like a Handycam versus the Malick Steadicam version of a Terrence Malick film. Mm. A lot of, okay. yeah, kind of sweeping shots and and silence. And he narrates throughout, okay, which is great. The, the mixture of those two is just, it's a beautiful blend. So okay. I really recommend this to people. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely was one I was interested in, not only because I love Venice, but yeah, just the the situation and the pandemic and the fact that he was documenting it and stuff was was interesting to me. I just didn't catch it in time. There'll be another time. There will be. Yeah. And then I saw a film. Yeah, I saw I saw a film. Um, what did you is- see? I saw a film called What Do We See When We Look at the Sky, which is the longest title, I think. Well, one of the longer titles of the Ooh. festival, yeah. one of them. Um, and this is a this is a movie uh, that's has a very interesting premise for sure. It's basically a chance encounter on a street corner has Lisa and Georgie fall in love in first sight. But an evil spell is cast upon them. Will they ever meet again? And that's basically the setup. Basically, they have this spell placed on them very early in the movie where when they go to sleep, they're going to wake up looking like completely different people. That's kind of the whole thing. So the whole thing is, will they ever fall in love? You know, will they actually ever meet each other. And like they they had a date planned when they like first, you know, saw each other. And now that they don't recognize each other, they think that they didn't show up to the date and stuff like that. And so that kind of whole thing goes on. But I feel like this movie kind of then kind of drifts off to from a very interesting premise and it just kind of sits and doesn't really go a lot of places like um, it's definitely shot. Well, it definitely has a great score, things like that. There's definitely great aspects about it, but it's two and a half hours um, when it needs to be a lot less. Yeah, it's a long movie. It's one of the longer of the fest. And it was uh just way too long, in my opinion, for what this movie was. And, you know, it's the whole thing is basically these two different characters and they're like they're working very close. Like they kind of work not far from each other. And the whole thing is like, yeah, will they ever meet again? That's the whole kind of thing to it. And yeah, I just thought it kind of dilly dallied, you know, for too long um, at times. But I think with the look of it and I think with what they did, it, it ended up being you know, like, okay, at the end, I, I wasn't crazy, but I think the the length definitely hurt it. I think if it was a lot shorter, like if it was like two hours or less, even, I think it would have been a better movie. Absolutely. Um, and a more impactful one. Um, but I just I feel like with the curse, it like it was too simple, you know, at the same time. And maybe that's the horror guy in me. But like, um, you know, I just wish they had kind of gone more into that. It's just kind of something that happens for like the plot. Where it's like, oh, yeah, now they're going to look different. You know, we have to find a reason why they, they're not going to recognize each other. Right. And that's pretty much it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but this this movie was like probably a five and a half just because it's too goddamn long. Um, and I think the premise is interesting, but like, yeah, it just kind of sits around too much from for my liking and doesn't really get to any points that, you know, blow you away. And I, I think. I think there's some interesting things, though, that go on throughout, I will say. There's, like, something with a photographer, um, you know, and, and just the way they kind of lead to what happens at the end. Um, 
because obviously you can predict, you know, spoilers or whatever, but they do eventually meet each other in the end and stuff like that. And like one part that helps with that is there's like a photographer looking for couples, um, just taking random like street couples. And then they're going to submit them to this like this thing where they're going to narrow it down. And basically they they take a photo of these two and they meet up again just as like workers or whatever. And they're like saying they're not a couple or whatever, but they end up taking the photos of them and then they end up making it into like one of the finalists or whatever. And that's kind of just something that brews that kind of helps lead to that. And there's there's some interesting aspects like that. Um, but ultimately, it's it's still a film of two and a half hours, way too long. And yeah, needed to be a lot shorter and needed to have um, just more just other things going on narratively, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah, unfortunately. All right. Well, I'm interested to know what you thought of our next film that you and I saw, which is called yes. Wife of a Spy. Yes. Uh, and this is directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who is a well-known director. Yeah, he did uh, Pulse in 2001. Pulse and uh, Cure as well. Cure is mm. also another famous horror movie that everybody should see. It's really great. I almost actually showed it on my 24-hour horror marathon this year, but it's a little too long. It's it's closer to the two-hour mark, and I just I couldn't squeeze it in for Jackie Boo, so mm. um, didn't happen. But uh, yeah, this this movie's uh, pretty cool. It's uh, it's set in 1940. Um, you know, population of Japan is divided over its entry into World War II. Um, and basically, Sakoto, the uh, wife of a fabric merchant, is devoted to her husband, but is beginning to suspect he's up to something. Mm. Soon she allows herself to be drawn into a game in which she emblematically conceals her intentions. And yeah, this was a this was an interesting movie. It's uh, like, I mean, it, the thing is, you, you always don't want to compare it to like previous work because like Kurosawa, like he's like, and we're talking again about Kiyoshi Kurosawa, not obviously Akira Kurosawa. He's dead. Um, just to clarify, if anybody needs that. But yeah, but even Kiyoshi Kurosawa, you know, he's made some like very, very, very good movies, uh, especially in horror, but other things as well. And this movie, it's it's not up to that level. So like, I would say this film, you definitely want to tone your expectations if you're coming in thinking like, oh, this is going to be a masterpiece or something, right? Or like great cinema. It's not. Um, but is it is it enjoyable? Is it interesting? Is it is it something that, um, you know, plays on kind of the whole World War II thing and how like some of the Japanese wouldn't have been down for all the shit that was going on, you know, and taking sides like rightful sides in hindsight? that we see now, but at the time would have also acknowledged like, Oh, some shit's real bad here with what they're doing. Yeah. Like I, I think that is interesting and I think it's cool to, you know, kind of see those stories and, um, but yeah, I, I don't think the movie was amazing. I think I, I enjoyed it. You know, I definitely enjoyed, I enjoyed the film, um, for what it was and, um, you know, the, definitely the wife and, you know, the couple, I should say, the the way that that ends up and the way what they end up doing, their plan or whatever. Um, yeah, some things kind of happen that you might expect, you might not expect. Just depends on what you think is going to happen. But I, this movie was like a seven for me. Like, I, I enjoyed it. Um, didn't blow me away in any way, but I, I just kind of in, enjoyed it throughout. There was nothing amazing, but nothing insulting to me. But I enjoyed it enough where... You know, it was it was fine and it was well shot. 
you know, the performances were very good. I liked all the silent film stuff they were doing because they were there was like filmmaker mm-hmm. um, in the mix or whatever. They were like making films and there's something about a film, too, that they're like smuggling out uh, to prove what's going on. They're trying to get America into the war. That's actually another big aspect of it is that uh, the the husband or whatever, he's trying to like sneak this film into America to basically show them what they're doing to like the Chinese people and like all of that to like get them into the war. Cause it's pretty early in world war two. Um, and that's kind of what sets everything off, but yeah, but it was good. Yeah. I, I wasn't too hot on it. it Cause again, like you, it, it, it was okay. It didn't blow me away. Yeah. For me, it was this happens, then this happens, then this happens, which leads to this. The, mm-hmm. The one thing yeah. that kind of threw me off was the betrayal near yes. the end. Yes. That That's was an interesting choice. That's what Especially because the husband, he had a really good line about a third of the way into the film, which was, my allegiance is not to a country, but to universal justice. Yeah. Great line. Yeah. And, and the the stuff that they were talking about with regards to getting America into the war, um, this experimental bacteria that got out, um, that was, that happened in Manchuria. Yeah. And the doctor who was attempting to release that information to the public, he gets killed. That kind of mirrors with what happened in, well, not really, but uh, this goes back to the scary of 61st with connecting dots. Um, in Wuhan, the first doctor, who apparently identified COVID. He died like the, the government didn't oh, right. heed his warning and he got COVID and he died. So he was, he was not really patient number one, but he was um, front care, front uh, healthcare worker casualty number one. Number one. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I, the performance is some of the performance really graded on me um especially with the oh. the white people who they were just terrible pieces of trash with their delivery um have you seen squid game just a little side no uh, <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot about it i'm not interested <laughs> not into it squid squid game is awesome but the one of the worst parts of the of the show is the white actors that they bring in and and a big problem with these types of movies is when the director doesn't know the english language and and vice versa like it would be no different this is like the the tattoo shit again it's the same type of thing where it's like you bring in you know someone you don't know the language and you're saying hey here's a google translate of what this should say not gonna end up well and then you don't know how to direct them on top of that because you don't speak their language not a good scenario and that's pretty much what happens with this and with like squid game even worse where you just have these like cardboard like robotic deliveries and like terrible dialogue only for the white actors though um you know, it's just something that happens. But yeah, yeah. And uh, what is it? Bad Genius was another one. Great film. One bad part about it, the white actors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I pointed that out genius. in the review. It's, it's oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's a very common thread in uh, Asian cinema. Yeah. Um, the... The near the end, before she goes to the boat, she's in the police station and they're showing the film. Yes. Her fainting at that point, fake as fuck. I'm and I'm no great actor and I'm no great director, but 
there were some moments in her performance that were just come on. She could have given a better performance on that particular take. Maybe it was a a long shot, and they just wanted to get through it to move on. But come on, man, look at me. what she's doing. It didn't no? bother me. I mean, maybe that's more of an actor thing, uh, actor perspective. But like, for it didn't bother me. I, I didn't. I didn't. Wasn't noteworthy to me. It wasn't like uh, Marion Coltier dying in like. Dark Knight Rises, Rises that yeah. or something like no no but like, you know what uh, I would give her that that pathetic death scene because her character was a piece of shit so I, I think it's fitting that she died <laughs> that way even if it, it may not have been acted well I think it fits for her character that she died in such a pathetic way so I don't I would excuse that it was just fake it was just bad it I was, think it's just yeah. fake yeah fake dying yeah it was the last couple things to say, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> she makes that noise, and it's like it's really bad. Um, in a movie that I love, but like in such a good movie or like a well acted movie, it's so weird to see that. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and even and her, she's like good otherwise. Winning actress too, yeah. but hey, everybody yeah, else she's, and she's good otherwise. It's so weird and out of place. That's why it's so sh- so weird. But yeah, but but that going back to the movie, like it, it didn't stick out to me. Um, like anything, you know, like of that caliber where I was like, that looked like shit. Like, I, I don't know, I guess I just maybe buy things easier or maybe you have that perspective as the actor. I don't, I don't know. know, but I'll, I'll throw in a little, uh, Jack quirk as well. Um, okay. Shooting in 60 frames per second in a film that shot in the 1940s wasn't down with it. I would have preferred yeah. 23 or 24 frames a second considering the time period and considering the the color schemes and uh, the shadows and the shading i i didn't think that like the movement when you watch them move around in um that office way too smooth i would have gone with 23 or 24 maybe even 29.97 yeah. but even that's pushing it 23 <laughs> well, yeah. is fine yeah, for period pieces, it rarely works. And like in going back to an earlier review of uh, part one of this, uh, Fabian going to the dogs is like the only example I can think of of where you go to a period piece and they somehow make that work where they do the 60 frames. Um, and it's very digital is the other part of that movie, which is different from this one. Um, it's a very digitally looking movie, too, but they, they make it work somehow where it's this unique kind of identity. And here, yeah, you're right. Here, it's it's not anything like that it's more of like you maybe should have gone to film ideally you know or had a film look or even just drop the frame rate like you said do a more traditional you know film uh rate you know uh yeah true and but yeah but but i just i just think this film didn't really insult me in any way i just think it kind of like i enjoyed the ride enough um and different aspects of it and what they were saying you know the message and everything and just that aspect of like, yeah, at the time, you know, that story of like that, you know, some people would not have been down, you know, with what the popular what the populace was at the time where everybody was just like on the bandwagon to do all this stuff or to follow country, I guess, um, you know, whereas this person was trying to, you know, show what was going on and deliver justice, despite it being his own country and betraying his country at a time where that yeah. was incredibly risky, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that story is is interesting. Um, and I think I like the aspect. The other aspect we haven't touched on is the whole like how um, she's suspicious of something going on and he wants to kind of keep her out. 
yeah. um, of it. And she's trying to kind of lean into it. And like, there's that whole thing of like, oh, will she betray him now that she finds out what's going on? And that whole thing I thought was actually pretty good. Uh, that whole um, bit, which goes on for, for a decent amount, too. So that's a part of the movie that's very important. Um, that I did enjoy as well. So, um, yeah, I just I, I thought it was a solid film. It's not going to blow you away. Like it's it's like, yeah, if you want to like see it on Netflix, if it pops up any time, definitely, definitely check it out. Um, but if you're expecting it, like anything up to his caliber of his great movies, uh, Kurosawa's great movies, like it, it won't be up there for sure. And if yeah. you guys want to know what the Japanese did to the Chinese in the 1930s and 40s, I recommend Man Behind the Sun from 1988, directed oh, by Tun yeah. Yeah, I think there's Brutal. Squadron 731 as well, which Something is a like four-hour movie, which is yeah. on the same thing. Like, Brutal, but Man yeah. Behind the Sun is great. It's great, but it's brutal. Like it's it's oh, not yeah. for the faint of heart for sure. It's like you know, it's like their Holocaust. You know what I mean in a way. But like, um, with all the experiments and stuff they did on people, um, it's it's neat to show that because when you think of it, you know, all the Germans get the attention, right? It's like, oh, they you know did all these atrocities, but Japan did too. They were like the right hand man to, you know, the Fuhrer, right? So well, they were bad for quite a while. There was a lot of persecution <laughs> in Japan in general oh, for a before. long. Yeah, they were all in this conquering like mode and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. no, for sure. But like, but, but again, ever, just... well, you remember silence? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, religious. That's, like, that's an underrated movie at this point. Silence. I Martin Scorsese's Silence. Yes, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. Three hours. Tetsuo the Iron Man is in that movie. Yes, he is. He's pretty good. I like him. And Ishii the Killer. <laughs> Um, we saw a long movie. In fact, it was the longest movie of the festival. Wasn't um, long enough for my taste. Depends on what you like. Uh, depends on what you like. Uh, but this film, uh, yeah, was uh, was quite something. It's, uh, it's the official title here. Woodlands, Dark Days and Bewitched. Um, a history on folk horror. And yeah, this movie was like three hours and 14 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it kind of it has a lot of chapters to it. And, and yeah, I will say that, like, for horror documentaries that I've seen, this is actually kind of short. Um, I will say that because, like, I've seen a lot of them recently. I've seen, like, In Search of Darkness. Like, I don't know if you've seen those, um, but they're all about 80s horror. Um, mm. And they're like four hours and 15 each. Like, there's a part two. There's a part three coming out, actually. Um but this film, um, as opposed to those movies, this film not only covers the film history of like folk horror, but it actually talks about folk horror in general, like the origins of that um, specifically, um, and also deep dives into that. And it, it's it's very different from like those other documentaries in that they get like a lot of authors, a lot of folk horror like authors, a lot of like uh, historians of like just folk horror. Um, not necessarily movies and things like that. They kind of get people of all walks of life. Um, so it kind of covers a lot of ground. Like they start with films, obviously, like they kind of talk about the unholy trilogy, which I thought was very good. Uh, you know, Witchfinders general blood on Satan's claw and wicker man, which are all great, by the way, you should see yeah. all three of them. They are very good picks. Um, 
And they kind of talk about, yeah, that like British horror that like really brought folk horror to the forefront and really made it a thing that's like kind of coming back now in a way with like the Vich and like other things, right? Even Kill List and other movies um, like that. But um, yeah, it kind of covers a lot of ground for sure where, uh, you know, it's it's kind of all over the place. And it really depends on what you're looking for. And that will depend on your enjoyment of the movie. Um, if you're someone who's looking for like an In Search of Darkness, for example, that type of documentary where it's all about just movies. It's all movies about this one era or one genre. This might not be quite for you. Like you'll enjoy it to a certain degree, but if you're down for just like folk horror in general, if you're interested in like the black arts and if you're interested in like the history of where this all came from and all of that, um, and like novels and like just history um, of it, then this would be more up your alley uh, because also the movies on top of it also support that too. Um, So yeah, it just depends. But if you're coming just for movies, you'll enjoy it, but you're not going to like fall in love with it essentially to a certain degree and and i found for me like i definitely was expecting it to be more of a movie thing i was kind of blindsided a little bit by that that it was um you know a lot more just kind of widespread it wasn't one focused on one thing it was kind of like the broad spectrum of full core um in general um and so for me yeah like it could have been longer as you alluded to alex like it could have definitely been a longer movie because to cover everything and there's so many movies you wanted to hear them talk about more especially if you've seen them and things you wanted to kind of dive into them more but it just seemed like they kind of stopped on certain ones and they moved on and they moved on um i also wish they had maybe some more guests and stuff like that see one thing i liked about in search of darkness is they had like everybody they had like all like the big names they had the small names and everybody in between whereas this movie it's a lot of like niche people with a couple exceptions they had like the director of wicker man the original um and like a couple others but like a lot of them are like just kind of like novelists and like historians and things like that they're kind of it's a very different group of people that they got for this movie and it would have been nice to have a wider kind of opinion like amongst um just a variety more variety of people i think um overall but uh yeah i i enjoyed this movie overall it's uh it's definitely a movie that um you know is very interesting but one thing i will say too uh just as a sign point is that full core isn't isn't specifically something that I love, you know, it's not, it's not something that I seek out personally of like, Oh, full core, gotta see that right away. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not something like that. It, like, whereas if this was like about like, say Japanese horror, I would be like so excited, you know what I mean? Or like Italian horror or something, but full core is a very kind of specific genre that, you know, yeah, I've definitely liked movies from it. Absolutely. But it's not a, one that I'm super pumped for or anything. So for, for me, I enjoyed it enough. I think I landed on like a, like a seven and a half, I would say for this one, maybe seven, seven and a half, somewhere in there. We'll just say 7.25. But, uh, um, but yeah, this, uh, this movie, it's just, I, I think it wasn't made for me specifically, both being a movie lover um, and not being into witchcraft and that side of it, but also not being a super folk horror guy too but if you're that person i think you and you're into the history of it too like i think you're gonna love this movie just depends on who you are 
Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot to be learned from watching this documentary. Like I said, for me, it wasn't long enough. I would have been fine with four, four and a half, five hours <clears throat> because it leaves no stone unturned, really, with regards to origins and going into detail. Um, <clears throat> I came for the movies, but I stayed for the history because there was there's so much more there. I watched the credits because I was interested to see what the hell was shown. And now, unfortunately, I have like 200 more movies to watch. <laughs> well, there's a letterboxed list, actually. I should have told you about this. There's a letterboxed list where they have every movie mentioned in this documentary. So you should actually check that out because they have every movie listed with like a photo of each film and they have them all in a list. So you can actually like go to them. And then they even have a list of movies that were not on Letterboxd. They couldn't add. And they just have them like note form. So they have like literally everything noted there. So if you want to check out any of the films, they have them. And you can click on the photos to like see the synopsis, reviews, like everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did it the old school way. Oh, okay. Play it, pause it, take a screenshot. No. Play it again, really? pause it, take a screenshot. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God! Yeah, I don't. I don't care. There are some gems in there. There are some. No, there are. There are. Yeah. That I've seen, like Rawhead Rex. I saw that years yeah. ago, and I watched it again recently. And I have a newfound appreciation for films like that <clears throat> because of this documentary. Right. Yeah. And there are a few of the shorter films from uh, the 1970s from England that I've seen, yes. and yeah. A lot of them were directed by one guy, and I can't remember his name for the life of me. Some even of though I've like seen even, like, yeah, and some of them were like kids' television ones that end up being like terrifying yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's very interesting for sure. And yeah, there's there's definitely there's so many films where you haven't seen them all. And I remember at first I was like writing them down, like oh, like this one looks really cool. Like I haven't seen this one, and I like that's the that's the cool parts of these documentaries for me yeah. is like finding movies because for me. For horror, I've seen so much of it where when I find stuff I haven't seen that looks interesting, it's very exciting. So I kind of jot it down on this big old list to watch, right? But when I saw the letterbox thing afterwards, I was like, oh, okay, I can just go back here and, you know, done kind of thing, a little easier. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, but there's a lot, a lot of interesting movies, a lot of interesting, uh, yeah, like short films and, you know, things, especially, of, of course, in the British, uh, you know, section mm -hmm. of things. But I've one thing I really liked about the documentary is how like they really clearly like made a stamp like from British horror, how like that was the big, you know, uh, part of folk horror, but that folk horror eventually did spread to like other countries. And I thought it was really cool. I went to like Australia and like all these other countries and how they kind of showed how folk horror actually had like a, a bigger grasp than you'd think until they pointed it out. Um, even films that you wouldn't think about it being full core or have full core aspects um, about it until they pointed it out. And that was some of the best stuff, I think, of the documentary was just showing its its grasp, right? Its influence. Um, and then, of course, and then, of course, predictably, like how I figured it would kind of end is like kind of talking about how today it's kind of having a bit of a comeback and stuff like that, you know, with these movies coming out. And yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a solid yeah solid documentary. I I would I would say seven point five. I'll, I'll change it to seven point five. Is what I would stick with on it. Yeah, I I was I was almost right up there in the the ten range because why not? I mean, 
I had no problem with it whatsoever. Not a single nitpick. So <clears throat> I would go with the 10. And although wow. I, I'll close on this. I hate um, things like old wives' tales and superstition and rumors. But I'm glad to see that there are creative people out there who will take that kind of brain-draining bullshit and turn it into a good creative story. Yes. So I'm glad, if for nothing else, we get a decent movie or two from time to time out of it. Absolutely. And 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 I and I think for me, just at the end, like kind of closing it ever just to reiterate, like I think this movie just wasn't quite for me, mm-hmm. I think is more of what it was, which is why I'm definitely lower, um, you know, and, and so I wasn't therefore as interested in the history that they went into that whole rabbit hole. Um, and things like that, but definitely was look was happy about them showing the grasp of like unexpectedly, like how far it spread across the world and how it's kind of global. It's not mm-hmm. just British. And um, and of course, the films that I do want to check out from it and want to go back to um, and see for sure. But but I but I'm someone who definitely prefers more of a, I guess, like obviously genres that I'm more interested in, like in horror, but also like. Things like In Search of Darkness, for example, which I loved, which is like very movie based. It's completely movie based. Um, And it's a lot of people who were in the movies, who made the movies and, you know, and yada, yada. So like things like that is kind of more my bag. Um, And I would love to see something like this for like a like a Japanese horror or Italian horror or or something. France, you know, like French horror, like there's so many of those kind of thing. But cult horrors is really like. If you had to name a genre that just wasn't my bag, that's probably the one in horror mm. that is just it's not something that grabs me right away. It's, you know, you got to you got to really sell me on it kind of mm-hmm. thing for it to be good. And, and and I find a lot of the cult horror that I've really enjoyed has been stuff um, in the past. Like it's been that like glory days of like British horror, like Witchfinders General and Wicker Man and all that. So, um but yeah, but yeah, definitely seek it out if you're interested in horror, if you're interested in the history of folk horror, as well as the movies and so on. Definitely, definitely worth a watch for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, bring us home. What was the last one you saw? So the last one I saw was a film called Uni, which I actually really, really liked. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised. And this was a movie that I kind of saw kind of late. Um in the fi- in the uh, whole circuit, it was like probably number f- like forty four or forty five out of fifty or something like that. Um, but yeah, basically, let me find a good synopsis for this movie here that I can read because um, I kind of found one that kind of gives away too much. Okay, I'll read this one. So, in her last year of secondary school, a bright Indonesian student is determined to pursue her education and resist getting married, despite the expectations of her community. So this is one of those um, arranged marriage movies. You know, it's one of those where it's like there's a lot of suitors, a lot of people that, you know, her family's trying to kind of like set her up with and she's just not having it. And it's like um, it, you've seen these movies before. Uh, there, there's definitely, you know, arranged marriage isn't a, a original topic for sure. It's, and it's something that still goes on. Um, but what makes this movie really interesting is just kind of the different character interactions like within the movie, um, you know, the different aspects. Like she has this like older friend. She's like probably in her like late twenties or something like that, um, who runs a salon and basically like through their interactions, she kind of finds out that like, 
oh yeah, she did go along with an arranged marriage and the guy was super abusive um, and she kind of had no control and like she tried to escape. She, she did escape, but in doing that, like her family took his side and stuff like that. And because of it, she was kind of shamed out of the family. And so because and so she's basically like a party goer and stuff like that. She's not like very liberal, like not conservative at all. She's very like out there, um, you know, not religious at all or anything. And like, you know, goes out and parties with friends and stuff like that. And um, and it's all like kind of a result of this like range marriage. So like that's there's like that interaction. And then there's the whole thing about her like being a, a very smart student. She's like has the top grades in the school and they're like, yeah, you can apply for these universities, but only if you're not married. That's one of the things is that you if you're not married, you can get in. And so it's this whole thing of like she doesn't really want to marry anybody, but like her family's trying to do it to like get money and there's that thing. Um, there's also a lot of brilliant blocking in this movie, too, just from a directorial standpoint. There's one three shot in a bathroom that I actually took a photo of because I loved it. Um, there's a couple movies. I also did it for Hands That Bind. There was actually a brilliant blocking in that movie, too. I don't know if you caught that, Alex, but the two cars. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a shot where Bruce Stern is talking to Paul Sparks, and they're both in their cars. And Paul mm-hmm. Sparks has his car facing towards us so you can see him but bruce stern his car is facing the other way but you can see his face in the mirror of the car and it's super brilliant it's just a little blocking thing that was really kind of big brain stuff where it's like oh crazy you can see them both in the frame despite that like one of them is looking away from the camera and is hidden in the truck kind of thing and this was another one where what they did is they had a three shot they had three characters um, but what they did is they had like they had one character on the left, which you could see there was a mirror in between them, which showed one person. And then there was another person in like the corner of that mirror. And so it like kind of caught all three of them. And it was just a static shot. It was a simple little thing, but just the composition and, and blocking of that, I thought was really, really cool. It was just something to kind of, um, you know, point out and uh yeah. So anyways, uh, but yeah, these arranged marriages keep happening and basically she keeps shutting them down for different reasons. The first one she's just not into. The second guy is like an old man and like she's just like, no. Um, but then there's this whole saying of like, you know, you reject like if you reject a third, it's like bad luck or something like you're not supposed to reject a third. And the problem is, is that. Um, oh, I don't know how much I want to give away, but there's basically like there's this teacher or whatever who ends up being the third. Um, and it's someone that she kind of fancied before, but there's something that happens. And it almost seems like in a way uh, from how I took it, like he could be doing this as almost a blackmail type thing of like, you know, you saw something that you shouldn't have kind of thing. And therefore, like, but at the same time, I know we have like similar interests and like there's this pressure to like get married and everything. And like so they they kind of get she's trying to get together with her and it's like the third one. But then there's also this boy that like she's kind of seeing, too, that's like her age um, or whatever. So like there's like she kind of like seems like she wants to like kind of be with him. And then it's like but then there's the whole school thing. And it's just a lot of like pressures of society and like there's there's so much just other things in the movie that kind of creep up that were 
you know, very impactful and and very surprising. And and I know this is like the Indonesian representation for the Oscars as well. So if this happens, I don't know if it will get in, but like it's possible, um, you know, for it to get in. It's it's definitely being submitted for Indonesia. Um, but I landed on an eight on this one. This one actually really surprised me. Um, just, yeah, very well acted, you know, directed. The screenplay was very good and just very surprising. And yeah, it might not be as incredible as, say, like Mustang, if you ever saw that movie from 2015, which was an Oscar nominated uh, arranged marriage movie that was amazing um, that I praised when that came out. Um, it might not be on that level, but it's uh, it's still very good, and and I highly recommend it. Yeah, nice. Well, all in all, a lot of good films this year. Yes, I, I don't want to compare it to last year, but I think last year had a few more exciting and interesting films. I'm trying to think of the movies that we saw last year. What were the ones that were super noteworthy? Because I had another round a lot. Yeah. Another round was was, was really good. Um, but I don't know if I agree because, I mean, I did see a lot more films before this year. I saw more than double of what I saw yeah. last year. So that's part of it. I just saw a lot of movies that I really liked. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that's part of it because actually, yeah, that's what it is. Because the movies that I saw that were my top films of the festival, you guys didn't see. So that's, so that's part of it too, right? Like you guys didn't see flea, which I think is the best film of the year. And I think is going to win, uh, I guess best animated movie. See, it's even hard to class. Cause it's like, do you put that as a documentary or do you put it as an animation? Right. It has to go in one. It can't go in two. So I think animation is what it's going to go in, but I just think it's like, it's like a race for second in my opinion, for that category. There's just nothing that can compare, in my opinion. Um, but And it's like, it just transcends both of those genres, too, completely. It's just like, it does something that's never quite been done. But then uh, then you have, uh, what do you call it? Um, official competition, which is just a riot, um, consistently, and so much fun. And you just get to see these like three brilliant actors just kind of do their work and you know, just do what they do best and the dialogue's hilarious throughout. And it's, it's just, it's a fantastic movie. And there's like, there's so many of the theater movies that I just thought were so good. Like, um, you know, even the ones that we saw, Alex, like there was like strawberry mansion and there was like, um, what do you call it? Uh, worst person in the world. Like that was a really good one that was unique and had a great story and great character development. Um, well, honestly, that's and, kind of the part that bums me out about the whole thing is that they really limited all the yeah. best films to the theater, which, you know, on one hand, I get, well, yeah. I get having it in the theater, like prioritizing yeah. it in the theater, but keeping it off of the streaming, it basically just set, made streaming like, although there were some good stuff on there, like a B, oh, yeah. a B like it's like the B platform, right? It's It's where all the you know the not the stars of the show will be right so it's yeah. just a bummer yeah there's a that divide did that right yeah there's so. a divide that i noticed i definitely noticed a quality divide between most of the time i should say there was like, some in theaters that were you know were fine you know what i mean but like but a lot yeah definitely there was a definitely a big divide in most regards where a lot of the films in theaters typically fared better for sure um you know, and we're better experienced. Even Petite Maman was very good, despite being very short. 
Um, two, that was a great one, you know, by Fortune uh, Lady French Fire. Things. Maman? I don't know. Goddamn. Al Sandi, boy. <laughs> Al Sandi and Maman. 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 Bonjour. Maman. Bonjour. That's what you Bonjour. just said, right? You just said no, Maman. Bon- Maman. Maman. Petit man, man, man. Mama, mama. Bonjour, yeah. Allo. Oh, and Red Rocket is another one I wanted to shout out, too. That's also one of the funniest movies of the year. And just another Sean Baker, like, modern, like, near masterpiece. Another one that he just pulled out um, that you should definitely see because it's going to come out in theaters everywhere for sure. Um you know, just, yeah, there's just different films. And then, like, at home, there was, like, little surprises, like Uni and, like, In-Laws and, like, stuff like that. There was these little movies that kind of creeped up that were, like, surprising that, you know, I wasn't expecting. And, yeah, I would say there there might have not been anything of, like, a bad genius or, like, a Victoria or, like, something like that that would just be, like, oh, my God, like, this is, like, a decade best type, type Parasite. Film. Yeah, or Parasite, actually. That's you're right. That, or uh, Lighthouse. Those two. Those two movies. Yeah. yeah, this. Yeah, I would say because of those two movies, maybe this year wasn't as good as 2019, um, because those two films were like decade best as well. But, um, but yeah, 2020. I don't know. It was all at home, and I don't know. There, there's some films that stood out for sure, but I feel like this year, just with all the ones I saw and the amount of movies I saw in theaters, I don't know if I quite agree. I think 2021 might be better. Uh, if you had seen the films I had seen, if you had these eyes, if you could live vicariously through me. Wrong. (laughs) I just, I would just like to point out that at the very end there for your last film, I held back upon because I just didn't want to give you the satisfaction. So don't hold back. But I was very, don't hold back. It's the end. You can end on a pun. Now you've left it open. Speaking of puns, before you get into it, Andrew, good Lord, Zach, if you have not seen Dr. Giggles from 1992, starring Larry Drake. Yeah, Larry Drake's great. Uh, He's legendary. His character is a one-man pun army. Every single line, and I do not kid when I say this, every single line that he has is pun-tastic. Yeah, yeah, he, I, I love those type of films, uh, like or Tales of the Crypt. Like Crypt Keeper is another one who's just he's yeah. he's built for puns. You know, yeah, it's, it's Andrew's worst nightmare. Like, <laughs> yeah. if, like if Andrew and I play Nightmare again, you should just write the Crypt Keeper because, like, that's it. That's his greatest fear right there is just listening to him. Well, no, it's listening to you speak French for an hour straight. Well, no, listening to Jack because Jack is worse. <laughs> You sh- you gotta be reminded of Jack French at some point because I would never say bonjour, that's for sure. There's like there's levels, right? I might not be quite on the mark, but there's just like completely like fucking insulting. Well, he just does it like English straight on, like it's comically English. But like you tr- you try to French up bad French, like you're trying to French up. It's like somebody saying like, yeah. Is like extra insulting because you're like adding, you're adding like, oh, I'm saying it correctly. I'm trying Barcelona. It's just as douchey, but it's wrong. It's just wrong. Perry, yeah, Perry. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that was VIF 2021, y'all. That was a, that was a festival. For sure. Mm-hmm. That was a festival, yeah. 
yeah, a lot of a lot of gems. There's a couple that were shit, but you know that's yeah. just kind of what happens. At least you ended on one that you need to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Uni's is solid. Uh, I thought, and you know, be curious to see because so many countries in the world, right? Only five get in for uh, Oscars, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. see what you. so long i like catch but yeah well uh well you know yeah solid year like uh but yeah i guess i couldn't couldn't uh catch as much so we'll see those movies i i named the ones that are going to be in theaters again yeah i'll check out some of them because yeah they're very good yeah, and well, maybe not. I, yeah, I'm not sure if I'll catch it in theaters or not, but we'll see. And there's some of them that, in yeah. some format, yeah, one way or another, right? Yep. Anyway, yeah, I guess that wraps it. Another year in the books. Another year to go. To next time. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) He shit himself. Yeah, I like that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey Epstein didn't shit himself. (laughs) He didn't kill himself. We could have made a better scary. Yeah, we could have made a better the scariest 61st, I think. (laughs) I'm almost curious. (laughs) The shitty of 61st. Perfect. God damn. Man.